boys locked in an apple crate on top of a gun locker in the attic of Bean Annex. Would you have told me if I didn't kill you first? Never. All these wasted years. What were you looking for, Rat? He's trying to say something, Dad. Slider. Here you are, Rat. A beaker of beans, finest secret cider. Welcome, 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 and I guess a, a happy new year from the podcast that does, I think, resist in the tin, best film ever. My name's Ian. And I'm Georgia. And that is literally <laughs> it. Um, COVID sucks. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to say that uh, our, our usual other two are not, are not suffering with it, no. but um, we've got Liam, who works in the retail industry. And um, he got called in for all sorts of extra shifts this week as a result. Yep. And so he is unavailable, unfortunately, uh, but sends his his best, felt really quite, this is episode 103. Yeah. And this is Liam's first one off. Yeah, it's mad. Yeah, 102 in a row. Uh, so, you know, thank you for the Patreon backers. We got to get rid of Liam. <laughs> <laughs> Joking. Um, so that, there's that, unfortunately. And then we've got uh, Ethan, who got stuck in London because there weren't people to drive trains out and get him home. And yeah. he was supposed to be back yesterday, and that didn't work out. And it uh, continues to go a bit wrong today. So uh, he sent some notes. Yes. He yes. watched the film, yeah. and he sent some notes. Uh, and so we'll be hearing some stuff from Ethan. I don't know if everything he wrote down, if knowing Ethan as he did, did he send you a book? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. We, we will be uh, abridging <laughs> these notes, a truncated version of, of that. Book. Which I did ask a while ago. Was truncated? Does it mean less than? Yes, it does. Truncated it does. means to I cut down. Up, yeah. I, looked, I looked it up as well. I, went, I think I'm right here. I think, I think. And I was right. Well, that's good. As, as I'm known to be often. Always. Ian is often right. No, always right. That's the, that's the hashtag. So, yeah. So, I prefer often. So, that, that, that's the situation here. It doesn't have nearly the same ring to it. Uh, so, it's a BFE New Year or a Wildcat New Year. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Um, so, as, as we sit here on our first uh, episode of uh, 2022. Second of January. How long will that take me? That's a lot of twos. There's a lot of twos. January 2, 2022. You just wait for the 22nd of February. A lot, a lot of twos. Um, last year, I famously made a screw up and called it 2001 or 11. 2011, I think, <laughs> in my Happy New Year episode. So I'm very glad to have gotten the year right so far. Uh, New Year's. Any New Year's resolutions for you, Georgia? Uh, I think the, the the normal ones, really. Nothing nothing major. Like, I want to lose a bit of weight. Who doesn't? Yeah. Um, not that that should define anyone, but I feel like I'd feel a bit healthier if I did. So doing it for me not for anyone else yeah because um, you know beauty standards suck yep but yeah um keep doing this 
that's is, is it really a resolution if you keep it's not the barney stinson thing i made my from that day forward i decided <laughs> to continue living my life to the fullest as awesome yeah, as no, i that's do now not really no, it's not really a resolution. resolution um no i guess just trying that's like boris johnson with his home and recruit new nurses by making sure the ones we have don't quit yeah yeah that's not really how it works is it no poor bojo uh no i'm gonna try and do things that make me happy i bought a camera for myself so I'm going to learn how to use that properly. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Like a like a like, like a proper a, camera. Like a proper camera. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very good. I'm going to learn to use that properly without using the automatic. Wow, okay, that's, that's that's the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You scare a lot of people when you hit that switch to M, and they go, "Oh no!" <laughs> I, I owned a camera for a number of years before I finally I had insomnia one summer, and then went, "That's it. I'm going to teach myself how to use this camera." So yeah. I'm going to be up all night and up when the sun rises. I'm going to go as ahead well use it. Yeah, so I went to a bunch of every every day for uh, about a week. I went to a different town. And just That's shot cool. stuff as the sun was coming up because I wanted to take advantage of that golden hour they talk about, the first Love hour the after the sun comes light, up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's the bit where you see the most difference in the light and the way that it hits things. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I, I went all over East Anglia t- taking pictures. And by the time it was done, I was like, I now know how to use That's cool. How to use my camera properly. So and that was kind of a cool probably had thing. a better sleep schedule as well because you'd have been tired. No, I was still up all night. Oh, okay. like, oh, yeah. It didn't work out. But but it was it was all right. The dangerous part was that by the time, you know, it was like nine in the morning, I'm like, now I'm really tired and I have to drive home. Ah, yeah. yeah. So. I'd like to do some more traveling if COVID allows. Cheap traveling, though, because I can't afford anything because my other one is to hopefully move out of home. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Um, I've got a couple. I asked uh, Ethan and Liam for theirs. Yes. Uh, Ethan wants to watch more films outside of his comfort zone in terms of language barrier. Because I think he opens himself up to those films enough. That is the most typical Ethan statement we could have come up with. He does know that the New Year's resolutions didn't have to be film-based, doesn't he? I, I just asked for sure. Maybe he just thought he'd keep it related to things. Or maybe That's that really is his solitary resolution. I don't know. Uh, Liam's is to read more than one book. Fair. Yeah. Which previously it was to read a book. Yeah. Now it's to read more than one book. And I like that because he's uh, Liam's going, here's what I don't think I do much, much, much of and I want to try and better that myself. And I'm like, giddy up. I mean, to be fair, I only read what I need to read for uni. I should probably read more. Teaching, I don't do a lot of reading for, and I, I feel like a bad English teacher sometimes because a lot of my colleagues read for fun. Yeah. I got a film podcast. So I just watch a lot of movies, don't I? <laughs> but there are books that I'm trying to make my way through. Uh, I did read, read more last year than the previous year. But I fell far short of what I had set myself as a goal. Yeah. Uh, time just gets away. I'm just being kind to myself in that regard. Um, my resolution. That's a good resolution. What's that? To read more? No, be kind be to kind yourself. Be kind yourself, yeah. Especially after the last two years. Um, I'm, I'm trying to lose some weight. And it's not, it's, it's a bit more like, not just for beauty standards, but, or, or how I feel about myself, but it's about fe- just feeling better health wise. Yeah. Yeah. But for, for me, I got a bit more to, to lose. Uh, so I've bought a treadmill. I'm gonna. That's coming yeah. later in the week. And I, I, used, I used to be a runner. I used, used to be how I identified myself. It was as a runner. Um, so and then after a disastrous basketball injury. after a disastrous basketball injury, <laughs> uh, it really put me on the shelf for a couple of years. It would be better if my ankle just broke outright, but yeah, it, 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 it did. Yeah. It did the opposite. Um, and then, so I've got that. And then uh, I've also made a resolution this year: no eating in my car. And that should help with the first one, being healthier, but yeah. also the idea – my, my car generally is in some sort of state of um, accumulating wrappers. Yeah, mine is. And things like that because I do eat in my car a lot uh, just because I'm busy. and I'm just. But also it's impulse buying. Yeah. I'll have that for the drive because I have about a half-hour commute. And if I'm grocery shopping at Tesco or something, I'll go, oh, maybe I'll get some of that and put it in the car for the, for the, for the, for the yeah. way home. So that's kind of where – 
yeah, where I'm You're at. You're very so. good at your not going to do this for the entire year resolution. You've had one for the last few years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was energy drinks a few years ago. Then no, it McDonald's was a few years McDonald's. Ago. That was fun because we all got together as a group, including Debbie and Richard, friends yes, of the podcast, yeah, yeah. and we had the biggest McDonald's splurge on January first. So that was really cool. That, I remember that one because it popped up on my time hop to, it, uh, like yesterday. Yeah. Um, and then last year was boxed sandwiches from Tesco because I was eating those a lot, mm-hmm. and so uh, yeah, specifically from Tesco or just boxed sandwiches. Box sandwiches. Yeah, it wasn't like I'm <laughs> at Morrison's now. No, no. It was the idea about again. Typically, we just be impulse stuff and just go. Yeah. Oh, I want something for the drive home. Oh, I'm gonna get that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I've been better since I haven't had that, but still eating in the car. Uh, and then I, I would buy groceries and then I'd get something for the, and then I wouldn't be hungry when I got home. Yeah. And then by 10 o'clock, then I am hungry. Again. And that's not a good time. And now to I'm, eat. and now I'm eating crap. Yeah. So it's, yeah. A, it's about, it's about regulating myself a little bit more, which maybe ties in a little bit with the film we're going to watch today. Maybe. Or we, well, we have watched today. Yeah, yeah. Episode 103, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Chosen by. Well, we'll talk about that in yeah. just a second. Let's just hang out. So uh, do usual stuff. You have to do all the Liam stuff today. You realize that, right? The Liam stuff. Yeah. So, for instance, when I talk about where we're charting, we charted in America, America. in Great Britain, in Canada, Canada, in Australia, S-day. Sweden, Brazil, Ireland, Denmark, the Netherlands is back on our list. Thank very you very cool. much. Uh, New Zealand, thanks, Ethan. Uh, Portugal, the Philippines, Colombia, Malaysia. We were number 49 in Pakistan, number 47 in Switzerland, number 27 in Kenya, and number 26 in South Korea. That's very cool. No Sierra Leone, but we'll leave the light on. For we'll you. leave the light on. So there we go. Uh, stuff we did this past, well, it's been a while because we, we, we did two Christmas week. Yeah. And then we took the week between Christmas and New Year's off of full, full, full reviews. The full reviews, yeah, yeah. So um, I guess I promo the stuff that came out there. We did a real roundtable on best movie musicals with Danny and Drew from It's a Musical. Ooh. The podcast so nice, we recorded it twice. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that came out well. People are, are, are responding to it, which is nice. You don't know something like a musical. It can be a little bit niche. And then I tried something. I, I got together some podcasts. Yes, I and heard did about your little The Cinematic thing. Council of Podcasts, which was great. Uh, we had uh, Ed from the Film Effect podcast on, Kevin from the podcast that wouldn't die, Agent Scott from Spy Hards. That's great. I've been wanting to get Spy Hards on in some capacity forever, but their schedule and our schedule do not sync up for us, for our Sunday recording sessions. Uh, okay. So it was great to get them and, and get yeah, Scott and, and get some stuff on there for it. Uh, Carlo, of course, great. Always having a good time having Carlo on the show. And Danny for its musical podcast. So that's uh, that was a lot. It was a lot of fun. I listened back to it. Uh, I listened to it obviously when I edited, it, and then I listened to it uh, just to do, out doing my shopping today, and had a really good shot. It was a really good time. You also pick up all the jokes people are making in real time that I wasn't picking up. No, you're too busy doing a lot of well, other things. I, I, I'm really looking at the next piece of conversation. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think about who hasn't who hasn't spoken in a while. Maybe I can throw it to them. Yeah. Reading people's body language, making sure everybody's having a good time, making sure we're not going too long on each segment. See, I make loads of jokes every episode, and you miss them all. I miss a lot of Ethan's. But <laughs> yeah. Ethan tends to say them quietly as well. Does this yeah, he tends to whisper a lot. Or goes like this. Yeah, and I'm going, there's yeah. there's like, chop out the 20% on, on each direction. Yeah. And that's where it is. Yeah. Uh, so just a quick thing. Uh, we have our besties are going to be recorded next week. Yes. So if you're out there, uh, we're going to give people, everybody's going to have the right to vote for, I think, five besties. I'm going to put it out there on Twitter. Yeah. Everybody can vote for the five people who have signed up for the Patreon, which we'll talk about again in just one second. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get the whole gamut. They, can, they yep. can vote on every bestie that we will give out, they can give out. 
So that'd be fun. That's pretty cool. Uh, and that's part of the Patreon, which maybe we'll talk a little bit uh, more at, at the... Uh, Right before we go into the deep dive, let's talk with the patron ever so ever so slightly. Okay, cool. Okay, so let's do some reflections and corrections. It's a shame he's not here, but I know he listens every week, so... There's a mistake I think I made. Ethan. Oh, Ethan. Who said, he said, we were talking about, who was it? We were talking about Richard Curtis. And he Why? said... With the thick of it, which we talked about on the Die Hard episode. Mm-hmm. But then someone got a hold of me and said that, uh, yeah, Death of Stalin's got nothing to do with Richard Curtis whatsoever. <laughs> Ethan's 100% wrong there. And that was uh, <laughs> resident Posty Russell who let us know that. So thanks, thanks, for, thanks for delivering us that, uh, that correction there. Yep. Uh, Alex from Main Street Finance. Hey, Alex says, howdy, Georgia. He's from Louisiana. He is. Howdy, Georgia. Just wanted to let you know I appreciated the apple bottom jeans joke about Carlo and the Christmas mailbag. We have made that joke before. I have made that joke yeah. before. But yeah, so I, I, I think he said no one else it noticed so it. And I just kind of, I, so they didn't notice it. I just no sold it. Yeah. There's a difference between the two. Yeah, you don't appreciate my humor. If I sell every joke, A, we'd be... Sometimes I know sell jokes because we're running long on time. Oh, yeah, I know. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. I can't get... I have to... So that thing you say they're talking about where I'm, I'm trying to direct traffic and do all those other yeah. things. Sometimes I'm like, I don't... We just don't have the time for me to go, <laughs> and get us off the ship because then... Because yeah. then everybody, especially people who like to consider themselves funny, me if I wasn't <laughs> doing this gig, but Ethan probably as well, yeah, would yeah, go, yeah. oh, it's joke time. And he's getting ready for, 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 for one-liners. I'm like, we really just need to keep going. Ethan does joke time quite a lot. And I often just look over at him and go, the timer, look at the timer. (laughs) So uh, we've got uh, a poet laureate of the podcast, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Who says pipes is slang for legs. Oh, of course. Look at the pipes on that one. I guess so. I guess so. I I still think I still think it's not, but that's me. And he said Ant and Deck were in fact actors before they were pop stars, before they became presenters, and mentioned Biker Grove. I was aware of Biker Grove. I just don't consider them actors. When I say they're not actors, I mean they're not actors. They're people who were put on a show who were told to recite lines. I don't think they're any better acting in Biker Grove than they were at Children's Nativity Play. Yeah, or than they were in Love Actually. I think they just are are what they are. (laughs) Um, but if you're out there and you've never heard let's get ready to rumble let's get ready ready let's get ready ready let's get ready to rumble uh, the one guy's wearing i think a montreal canadians jersey so i'm like <laughs> giddy up on that uh, for any of our american listeners look up what are they called pj and duncan pj and duncan Ant and deck are known as pj and duncan then and it was let's get ready to rumble it is an absolute banger it is something you it's something that you will enjoy ironically yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And no one actually enjoys it no um just i uh, got a message from ellie who okay, said ellie. that she watched die hard and enjoyed it not as much as die hard with a vengeance that that's that's my take on it as well yeah. i like die hard not as good as three are you the same there yeah definitely yeah um Hermie says, finishing up the episode now, RV. We talk about RV. What does RV mean? Mm. Because they said, bring the RV, and it was like this military vehicle. It wasn't an RV. So he says, RV in the military usually stands for response vehicle. He's not Mm. sure if it's the same for police, but acronyms are a dime or a dozen, so shrug. And while we're talking about Hermes, when we wanted to shout outs here, happy birthday to Hermes. Happy birthday, Hermes. He was like, that's about a week and a half ago now. But he's like, how did you guys know? And I'm like, well, we have our ways. Uh, how, did, how did we know that sounds a bit stalkery? 
uh, if I'm being honest, I think he added me on Facebook. Oh, okay, that's fine then. <laughs> so it popped up on my Facebook feed, that, which is weird because I don't tend to accept friendship requests from people from, from the podcasting world. I, oh, that's why. Hermes and I were part of a uh, of, of Pod VCon. Oh, yes, and, of and, course. And, so and that was the, on Facebook, wasn't and, it? Yeah. And the planning team for that. A large part of that was Facebook, so that's why we would be Facebook yeah. friends. So when it popped up on my notifications, I was like, ha-ha. Um, he said he was on the fence about love, actually, until all the nudity talk. Hashtag Team Liam. I'm like, glad we could be of service there, Hermes. But ultimately, he still bowed out after 30 minutes. Fair. And Dwayne Smith did say, there is a fair amount of boob here for a Christmas film. There is a fair amount of boob for a Christmas film. Yeah, it got film, me thinking yeah. about, you know, I don't have Christmas films with significant it's, boob in it. And I'm like, um, It seems to be marketed as quite like a family-friendly Christmas film as well, but there's a lot of boob. Love actually is not designed for a family audience. No, no way. I think it's I think it's advertised as such now. The still the ultimate romantic comedy. The the I think it's a fifteen rating. So no, I don't I don't think I don't think it can be. I think at least in the UK, I think the certification of it yeah. prevents that from from actually occurring. Now that's great when you're in a cinema. Yeah, but when you've got Netflix and yeah. you've got it on the TV, there's, there's no real you way. You see of, it all around, don't you? Like lovers all around. You see, like Christmas <laughs> is all around. <laughs> you see, like like there's pajamas with it on in Primark and yeah, all sorts yeah. of stuff. So it is. It, it's evident. Once it's out of the cinemas, we actually really lose control of who can see it. Oh god, yeah. That's Especially the with streaming o- that is the only. We used to teach about this. It's like the only thing that that like we had was the cinema because everything else, it's all up for. Well, it's the same with alcohol, isn't it? No. Well, no, you can't buy it, but you can drink yes. it at home. Yes, but the difference is, yes, you can drink at home. But the difference is, is, in order for the alcohol to get to your house, an adult still has to buy it. Yeah. So for, for someone who's underage to watch Love Actually, they don't have to get the parent to buy it. It's just there. Parental controls. Well, t- t- 95% of, of <laughs> children know how to get around it better than the parents know how to install that's true. it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. I mean, streaming really has made even things like the watershed are irrelevant because yeah uh for anybody in the in well elsewhere outside of the uk although america's something similar uh is i think it's nine o'clock here nine o'clock yeah nine o'clock after nine o'clock you can show sort of a more adult level theme of adult but mature yeah level sort sort, sort of content the adverts change as well they yeah, become yeah. more like alcohol based and those sort of things uh, in america it's 10 o'clock okay. uh, it changes um so yeah i don't think i'm not sure in canada if we have one or not don't know uh let's throw out some some quick fires for some love here kelly madden for the love even the score love them uh ray from nbc uh danny and drew of course from it's a musical check out like i said the real roundtable and the cinematic uh council podcasts uh the ocho duro parlay hour for the love Vern from cinema recall for the love uh carlo for the love and thank and he thanked us for being on his show i think i went on a show once i think ethan went on a show mm-hmm. once i know i went on a show yeah. once and i'm like carlo you've been on a few of our things you've done a couple of quizzes and you did the, the council podcast so thank you buddy and thanks for having yeah, us absolutely. on when harry met movies for the love shoot the flick for the love film floggers they want to be on the next cinematic council podcast i'm like uh, you know i just put out a bat signal yeah. and the people who were like i'm i'm free great bat signal great but we got a bat signal like put in the shape of like a little old-fashioned film camera with the little reels on the top yeah, and just hope people from the states can see it yeah yes okay great uh <laughs> i think twitter's probably just a better shout uh alex from main street finance says i came to acknowledge you acknowledge me because he said that was a pretty good george takei oh my impression that i did so i've still not heard a real one so you could have oh, just paid him off it's, to say it's that it's very no i didn't uh <laughs> Ian, uh, Ian from at Bit Dead seventy seven for all the love, and then friend of the podcast, 
Ian Davies, who Ian says, Davies. hashtag Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Disney Plus put it in the live action Christmas movie did, section. Yeah. So they have officially declared, I guess, I don't know who made Disney Plus the arbiters of what is a I Christmas mean, they movie. Give it five years and they're going to be, aren't they? Well, the I, I everything. everything, yes. Um, and so I noticed that hashtag Team Liam has sort of become a thing, kind of. Kind of, yeah. Kind of. We don't have a Team George or a Team Ethan. No. No, but... I've got my own team Ian. You know what my team Ian's full of? People actually named Ian. Yeah, that's that's because it's a common name. Because Ian Davies is gone. <laughs> Hashtag Ian is always right. So <laughs> I'm I'm okay with him using that for his own uh, for his own. You can you can needs. be team Ian is always right. Uh, hey 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 hey, Mister Postman fired back hey, at Liam hey, saying hey. saying mail's never late on his watch. Liam I was did besmirching. See that. That made me laugh. Yeah. Uh, Ed from the Film Effect podcast for the love. They hit 5,000 downloads this hey, week. Hey, well done. Well done. That's a huge number. It is. It's a huge number, and it speaks to a, it. Takes, it takes a lot of hard work to get there. It also means that it's not just like, because you've not put out 5,000 episodes. So it's not just you downloading. <laughs> no. no. And, uh, that's, and, that's massive. And they do good stuff. They're probably very, they're kind of our spiritual cousins. They do deep dives. Okay. They do deep dives. And so, uh, you know, it takes a lot to get people to sign up for a two hour plus. Yeah. thing it's way easier if you if you're knocking out 20 to 30 minute episodes and that's just the because people will just go yeah okay great I, I can do that so and and they've been very kind at times and said that they do um they do i think that maybe we had some sort of an impact at helping grow their audience i, that's I, I hope that's the case yeah. I, I really do that's what this is about though, i always it? say there's room from for, for more than one of us at the table you know it's not just one only this people these people can win no it should be it should be a community we and might need a bigger table though we might need, well here gonna be a bigger yeah. table jeez uh not this week this week we got space around the table <laughs> um we've got uh oh even if, he does love vanilla sky and that's a totally crap movie so uh the, the paul and griff show who are the nicest people on on twitter on film podcasting mm-hmm. uh griff was one of the very very first ones to really kind of reach out and champion the show amongst other podcasts yeah. and i always appreciate it that so thanks a lot griff the red dove podcast new one for the love uh mm. new listener or at least new person interacting with us elena elena who i think must have found us through it's a musical okay because she was playing along with one of the quizzes and tweeting the crap out of it and then apologized nice. and i went no 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 this is great i love this stuff yeah, no, don't apologize for that referring to i said this is one of the coolest podcasts and i so enjoy the quizzes and i said well thanks a lot really appreciate everything you're saying so we we, we do try she goes you guys do an excellent job so i asked if we could share the feedback she said oh i'll be delighted so good we're recording tomorrow hey that's excellent i was up i don't know what time i was sitting in my new fancy it's not fancy but it's a nice chair it's a fancy chair it's a fancy chair chair. all right um and we got baz for the love and for reminding me of the breadth of the willy wonka soundtrack because i went okay name me another song name me one that's not just (laughs) pure imagination or oompa loompa (laughs) and he gave me like seven and one of them is i can't remember them you're gonna totally regret this one the candy man can is that from that oh the kid it's what i got Wow, yep. I didn't know that was originally from that. I thought it was a, I thought it from, was from a musical straight up. But. See, I know it more from The Simpsons. Yeah, the garbage man can. Oh, the garbage <laughs> man can. That's the one that uh, Bono and the Edge and all of you two are in. So there we go. Um, casting views for the love spy hards. It was so good. They said to get them onto something. So thanks a lot, guys. Kevin from the podcast that wouldn't die for bringing the Moonfall trailer into my life. Have you seen the trailer for this? No. The moon is literally about to crash into the earth. This is the this is the premise of the movie. Is that not, and don't look up. And it's got uh, no. That's not the moon. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and, and so I do want to do something. I do want to do see it or skip it. I don't look up. Um, and so, so it's got um, President Swan. 
right from hunger games i've only seen him once oh donald sutherland okay yeah he's from can he's okay and it's got you wouldn't know this but it's got the fat guy uh from game of thrones anybody who's out there he was a he was he was a septum was that what they called a septum unless he's one of the ones that you've got like Funko Pops nope. of, like, don't, I have don't, <laughs> don't have it. Don't have it. We've got... Um, so, yeah, great. Uh, Step Taylor, who might be giving Hermes and Lestat a run for their money as troll of the podcast, because <laughs> famously does not like musicals. <laughs> so, was ragging on us a bit for the real roundtable. And I'm like, oh, God, oh, I think I put a, a grumpy um, dwarf gif his way. Nice. Uh, Josh, from your next favorite movie, watch The Snowman on Christmas Day because he's in america and yeah, we named did, something we that show. was uh whatever and said it was a beautiful little christmas special and his wife remembers the book oh very nice uh also released his top 10 guest episodes i'm guessing they were ordered by uh downloads mm-hmm. liam finished ninth mm-hmm. i finished sixth well done you two the, the rest of you three didn't get on the list so uh no 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 it's the highest of the five it doesn't matter i move the needle that's what i'm learning here okay they see then they go oh gotta listen to that one that's some good stuff there um or maybe you just picked a good film uh i named a good film but i named a high profile film yeah yeah um oh we've got i ever set this one up because it's the one time i'm gonna do it today i think so, um... Hey, it's your sister! <laughs> uh, Kirsty, who listened to the BFE mailbag, said she loved it, inspired her to make the Toblerone cheesecake again, watch the snowman, give a first viewing to last Christmas for Liam, and make some seven-layer dip, and Oliver loved hearing himself at the end. So, thanks again. That was... Is this Uncle Ian's podcast? Yeah, so that's... Oh! Did you not hear that last time? I didn't hear that. Oh, okay, yeah. That's adorable. Yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, that is. That, there we go. That, that's that's uh, Oliver. I love that. Is this Uncle Ian's podcast? Yes, it is. All right. So uh, we've also got uh, Poet Laureate again on the podcast, uh, Dwayne Smith. Uh, Dwayne Smith. Who says, about love, actually, this film really isn't great for George's face blindness. No wonder mm-hmm. she doesn't like it. Yeah, no. Yeah, he's also trolling me. He's sending me, like, reviews of, like, snippets from articles that talk about Cameron Diaz's, like, acting range. <laughs> <laughs> he just saw this, had to think of you, but said to us, he wishes all a very Merry Christmas and thanks for keeping him entertained in 2021. Called us his favorite podcast team. Thanks a lot, Aww, Dwayne. Thanks, Dwayne. Survivor UK revived. Because I like Survivor. You like Survivor, I like Survivor, don't you? Is Survivor UK being revived or? I think it's just a petition sort of thing here. Um, it's an account. Uh, I just want to let them know if they don't, because you and I have talked about this, how there's five seasons or something of the Australian one yeah. up on Amazon Prime. So I hope you folks are checking that out because it's, it's scratching the itch for me. Yeah, definitely. Currently, it's, so. not, it's not as good, but it's good. It's, you know what? It's, I think that's the people, not the, or it's just the season rather than the music's The, the music's different. Yeah, it's not got the... I'd call it, I'd call it, yeah, I'd call it like, it's like a B plus version of Survivor. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah, you know, it's like 85% there. You're like, this, this yeah, will do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This will do. You don't have my favorite brand of whatever it is. You don't have this my will, favorite brand of Jeff This Post. will satisfy. But, yeah. 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 Uh, how not to summon a podcast for the love. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. We, we were hoping to get something out for you. And uh, it's been it's been hell with COVID and things like that, getting people together yes. for, for a shout out. So there we go. Uh, Ratchet Book Club for the love. Game for movie for the love. Stew World Order for the love. If you want someone who sounds like he's Nick Kroll, go check out Stew World Order. A new one. <laughs> Spooky Booze Scary Story time mm. 
Yep. We had some flag talk between Reverend Bruce and Ian Davies. That's friend of the podcasts, Reverend Bruce and Ian Davies. Very cool. I'm here to say the main flag sucks. Wisconsin is barely better. But I said, like, look, they went, oh, Reverend Bruce was like, it's an old flag. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You guys hit the Stars and Stripes in 1776. Yeah. That is an all-time banger of a flag. Mm-hmm. Whether it was the 13 stars in a circle or has it's developed over yeah. the years. No, no. Don't get the fact that it's old. Take away from the fact. How old's the Union Jack? It's old. Well, I actually did a lesson on that the other day at school. Union Jack old. is great as a you flag. You know what else is great? The Norfolk flag. Have you ever seen the Norfolk flag? Uh, I think I have. I can't remember it. It's black and white and yellow. It's very cool. Oh, I have seen it. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I will say that um, the Canadian flag's quite nice too. Because counties have flags here. Do states have flags? Individual they, flags? That's why I just said the main name was. Yeah, I said, I said oh, the, main the main flag in Wisconsin's barely better. Yeah. Uh, every every state has a flag, yeah. Every province has a flag. I just don't think I've ever seen them. No, you wouldn't. Uh, you might. Some of them are slightly have been out there, but you know, California you might have seen. Is that got a bear on it? Yep. Yeah, I've there seen. You that one. Um, so then we've got, uh, but Ian Davies from the podcast. Uh, so that the Welsh flag was pretty was the best. And oh, you it's know the what? coolest one. It is cool. Yeah. Um, he adapted. This is where he also brought in the Ian is always right hashtag. <laughs> so thanks a lot there. Uh, what else do we have here? We've got oh the, the the random words. Wisconsin. Ian Davies was first in the pool, I believe, with an Alan Rickman from Dogma. So he sort of brought a Wisconsin gif that had an actor from Love Actually in it. So I think he wins the gif off there. Russell Osborne did the gif of the Wisconsin flag. Terribly ugly. That's a fugly flag. If you're from Wisconsin, I'm sorry. Your flag sucks. I'm going to Google it. Fight me. Dwayne Smith, who did the Wisconsin Babes gif from Colin Frizzle. And then Kev Dog, who gave us a little college football. So thanks a lot, Kev. And then... Oh, that is ugly. Yeah. And then Hermes, I think, was the only one to get in the pool on RV. Oh. I think. Well done, uh, It was just a gif of an RV. It's an ugly blue. And then finally, let's do one from Julene, who said, Merry Christmas, guys. Can't wait to be on the BFE Patreon. Love your show. Thanks for all the great content. You'll hear more. Uh, uh, sorry. Th- thank you for all the great content. And you're going to hear more from Julene in February when she appears as part of the... Uh, as part of the Patreon. Yeah, definitely. So we were delighted. And this is where we go ahead and we should, we should give a shout out to, uh, we had six people in on the pool on day one, which was massive for us. So we want to give huge thanks to Reverend Bruce, Julene, Andrashevsky, Lena Oberholzer, Ian Davies, and Chris. I think it's Peterson. It could be Pedersen. Uh, if you want to let me know how to say that, that would be great. But we can't thank you enough for helping support the pod. It's incredible. Um, yeah. There are things that we already got planned with it and plan one. We want to be as transparent as possible with, with how we are using um, – the, the, the support of, yeah, of, of the listeners. And the first thing we're doing is we're upping our, our Zoom capability with, with a proper like long-form account. So by which then people join us. So yeah. we, the first thing we're doing is we want to engage with everybody. So we want to do that so we can engage with people on a more regular basis. Absolutely. And the listenership on a more regular basis. So thank you very much, uh, as yeah, far as As far as that goes. And the, the deal was, first one in the pool got to name today's film and today's yeah. film is fantastic mr fox as chosen by andrew Ashevsky. so thank you so much for that very um, very cool very very quick there was seconds between him and um two others that yes. were also trying to get in on it and there is some audio i might be able to ping it on the end here where george and i were recording just some audio as it went live yeah and we sat here and went 
it was like right at four o'clock when we went live when we went because i think it was maybe a minute past four we actually got it up for two minutes past four yeah, it was live but i don't think we tweeted it yeah yeah and so i sat there and went there's a good chance we'll just be sitting here recording ourselves for quite some time <laughs> and i'm not sure if a sentence it's not very long after i say that before we get ping and we yeah. had one and it was ping another one and ping another one so uh really humbling really really humbling incredibly so so yeah. thank you so much out there for helping us uh do what we love and for wanting to support the pod and be a part of it and as part of it we we andrew was first from the pool and as promised first from the pool we got to pick the film but we are going to reach out to reverend bruce we're going to reach out to julian because they have uh joined the bf f the bfe tier and yes. so they will be choosing films and appearing on the end game and you will hear reverend bruce talking to us yeah. and you will hear julian talking to us uh in january and february and the way it's going to work out they're probably about two weeks apart between them so that'll be great i'm really looking forward to that and i like not knowing what the films are in large part of the time i know what the films are here yeah and it was fun to kind of go what are we doing next week and go oh don't know okay don't know this so just really quickly i do want to say that it's fantasy football final day today it is well final it's weekend bit, it's a bit disappointing for me a bit anticlimactic because i had my last game last weekend so oh is it, is it over yeah it's over for me yeah it's just uh it's just my bike and week I. is the last week like what is, oh, is it yeah it's just it's just ellie and myself in the in the championship so one versus two as maybe yeah. it was meant to be i talked a lot of smack after i got beat early on in the season said when i get my crack mm-hmm. next i will knock ellie out i mean that in a non-violent way <laughs> Yeah. but i will i will win i'm right so it's going to be close it's like 52 48 i say it was close me. last night yeah or maybe it's 50 50 now i don't know but i feel good but we'll see what happens when so we're recording this that we should be plenty of time for me to go ahead and watch whatever unfolds absolutely so there is that uh why don't give us a review if you want on apple or spotify five stars is liam's magic number um so thank you very much let's talk now about fantastic mr fox fantastic mr fox had you ever seen this before i had seen it had been on in the background whilst i was talking like with a friend and every so often we turned to each other and went because we'd put it on because she's got children and they were watching it um and we just turned we'd stop the conversation and go did you hear that i'm like yeah because it has no business being as funny as it is okay and it, 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 it you're kind yeah. of giving that so the answer is no you hadn't seen this before or you've seen bits of it i've seen bits of it okay um i don't think ethan had seen it before i don't know i don't think so i know liam hasn't seen it. unfortunately liam didn't get a chance to see it no. due, due to the situation that we talked about and i'd never seen it before and i was aware of it i knew it was wes anderson but i've been kind of hot and cold on wes anderson i really like uh grand budapest mm-hmm uh, Liam's famously worst film of 2020, <laughs> which the besties and the resties coming up in a couple of weeks each. Um, and then the other thing is um, I saw the Royal Tenenbaums and turned it off either halfway through or f- suffered through it. And went, why am I watching this? I think I suffered all the way through that one and really didn't like it. And so I'm really hot in Conan West Anderson and I'm, I'm not into stop motion. It's nice. just not a thing I like. And so I was, I saw it and went, okay, okay. And I kind of like things that I'm not like, super big on because yeah. it's kind of no, not what i thought I, not i had no idea going in what i was gonna feel about this but i stopped motion and we go "Ooh, i start to film i would never choose myself neither which true. is great which yeah. is great i know russell the postie was saying i really hope it's something a little bit more obscure to me this meets the brief yeah definitely so um there is that uh directed by wes anderson yep who's done royal tenenbaums rushmore grand budapest 
Hotel. Uh, cinematography by Tristan Oliver, who's done a lot of Wallace and Gromit. Yeah. And Isle of Dogs. And then music by Alexander Desplat, who's done like Benjamin Button, The King's Speech, both parts of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, Argo, Grand Budapest, The Shape of Water, and Little Women, the new ones. So that's kind of like the big personalities. But Georgia, you, do you have anything you're going to add to that at this time here? Because you've done a little bit of context on it. Yeah, I've got a little bit. So yeah, like we said, it's stop motion animated mostly. There are elements of other styles of animation throughout it that they've used just as a bit of a... Uh, cover all because you can't do everything you want with stop motion um but yeah so like we said directed by wes anderson he also co-wrote the screenplay with uh noah bornbach um because obviously it's based on the roald dahl book (laughs) never had no idea this was a roald dahl book not Not a scooby-doo as liam would say not a clue not a clue yeah i i think i audibly went what when it popped up it popped up i had no idea doesn't it no idea yeah so it's based on uh, the book by roald dahl but the book by roald dahl is a is a lot shorter of a story I than what we so. see. Yes. Um, so it is padded either end by Wes Anderson, basically. And it feels a little more adult in tone than I would assume that... Uh... Well, I'm not sure because this was written... I did find in like the trivia notes for um, the film that this was written just after Roald Dahl had lost one of his children to measles and was basically watching another one with water on their brain from a car accident. So mm. he was in a very dark place when he wrote this, um, which makes sense as him kind of writing a fatherly figure that protects the family. Like, Roald Dahl can write um, stuff that's a bit more dark. I mean, I've seen him do it for an audience, for like an adult audience. Yeah. I, I've, I've used to use one of his short stories as a, uh, as a, as a, as a writing prompt for the, for the GCSE English exam. Um, but, and it's, it's quite m- mature in tone and scope. But, you know, this guy has the trappings of some of your more, you know, kind of over the top, overly caricaturized animals that are acting a bit like, acting like humans yeah absolutely it feels roll doll as i know him adjacent yeah i think it definitely is i mean funnily enough uh fantastic mr fox as the book was the first book that wes anderson ever owned oh, really? so he had it um his mum brought it for him um at a book fair um when he was seven and he still has the same co- copy on his bookshelf so it was obviously something uh he's gone on like record to say roll doll is one of his heroes so it's obviously a big thing for him to have been able to do this. Okay. Um, anything else? Um, I think a lot of it I can probably go through once we are kind of in. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's start off. We start off with a studio identification. <laughs> I kind of had a chuckle at 20th Century Fox. Last uh, one that ever used that logo. Last film? Yeah. What year did this come out? 2009. How can that be the last film that ever used that logo? Apparently they've changed the logo since then. I don't understand. That's just what All right. I found. I'll, go, I'll Google it again. If you can, because 20th Century Fox wasn't bought out by Disney until 2016, 2017. Did they update it at all in early 2010? I don't know what they would have updated it to. It's the logo I'm familiar with, but I'll you go ahead and see. Um, so we get a beginning rhyme and title sequence. Do you have the beginning rhyme? I do, you? yeah. Uh, so it is basically the beginning rhyme is from the book. It's I would assume so. From there, yeah. Uh, four lines that rhyme, um, and it goes: Boggis and bunts and bean, one fat, one short, one lean. Those horrible crooks, so different in looks, were nonetheless equally mean. Oh, the, the book then tells us they're not equally mean. 
Yeah. The film clearly tells us one is more mean than the other two. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, so we start off and uh, we get the song Davy, Davy Crockett, <laughs> King of the Wild Frontier. Have you seen, um, have, did you heard the song before? I was, fam- I'm familiar with Davy Crockett. My mom used to say apparently we're related to Davy Crockett. Oh. Apparently. Now, take that. You're going to have to do some sort of family. I'm going to have to do some sort of thing because uh, it's, but it's a heck of a, so this was a song I was familiar with. Yeah, of course. And my mom would even like attribute it and change the lyrics to the dog. So um, <laughs> our dog's name was Dozer. So Dozer, d- Dozer, Dozer, yeah. <laughs> and they'd use my, uh, surname. They'd use yeah. my stepdad's surname. And so, uh, you know, and so they would, they would rewrite the sort of song with, with, uh, with a dog in mind, mom, mom loved a little, a little song lyric change. Maybe that's where I get it from. Must be because, because, because I also enjoy changing my lyrics for some. Mine were more for comedic effect. Mom was just around doing cute little rhymes. So there we go. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, and if you think about it, King of the Wild Frontier, and the idea about wild and having a wild nature yeah. and what it means to be domesticated versus wild is actually a major theme in this film. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And we meet Mr. Fox, and Mr. Fox is played by, or Foxy, who they would say for short sometimes, mm-hmm. played by George Clooney. Yeah. So we went, I don't know, the first 90 some odd episodes. I don't think we did a George Clooney film. And no. then we did Ocean's Eleven, which is strangely similar to this film. You think so? Like the plot. But he's oh, like, yeah, it's a bit of a heist. Yeah, he's a okay, bit of a fair heist, enough. And he's like, I won't do it again. Yeah, fair with enough. His wife. And oh, he, he goes yeah, and okay. Again. okay, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, until he makes peace with what he is and she yeah. makes peace with what he is. Actually, she's not wrong at all. Um, and then we meet uh, Felicity Fox. I found that her name eventually was. Felicity Fox, yeah. And is this played by Meryl Streep? Yeah, I saw that on the, on the wiki on the way yeah. out. Is this our first Meryl Streep film? Can't be, but I think it is. I think it is, 103 episodes. What did tickle me was we waited uh, something like, we didn't have any Alan Rickman in our first 100 episodes. (laughs) And then we had back-to-back Alan Rickman in 101 and 102. Yep. So, but 103, and we, it's interesting, like, she she might be the the highest profile actor, actress, for sure, that we haven't hit yet. I think she must be, yeah, one of them. We haven't hit Jack Nicholson yet, I don't think. So... Yeah, you wouldn't know who he is probably. But. I know, like, I've heard the name, but yeah. that's about it. Because now we hit Matt Damon, so yeah, I think I think Meryl Streep's on that short list of like who who are the who are our sort of blind spots to this point. And it's weird to think her first role is an animated is, one is is, is is a vocal performance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Almost and, wasn't Meryl Streep though. Oh, okay. So the only other casting notes I have are that originally it was supposed to be Kate Blanchett. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sure Cable Blanchett would have done great. Yeah, but that's the that's the there's no re, there's no it's just undisclosed reasons. It never says why. British sorry, Australian Survivor's B plus to American Survivor. Mm-hmm. And Cape Blanchett's probably a B or B plus version of Meryl Streep. Well, there we go. There you go. Yeah. She's British, I'm assuming. Cape Blanchett. I think she's Australian. Is she? Cape Blanchett's in the Thor movie, isn't she? As Hella, is that her? Is that Cape Blanchett? That is Cape Blanchett. Yeah. I think she's Australian. Oh, okay. Um. There we go. Didn't Liam meet Kate, Kate Blanchett? I, don't know. I think she was doing a movie at the uh, at the Majestic in Lynn. Was that Kate Blanchett? I think it was that her. Was Tilda Swinton, wasn't it? Oh, jeez, they're all getting mixed up. Yeah, <laughs> Tilda Swinton, Kate Blanchett, and Tony Collette all have like a similar look about them. 
I mean, I don't know who Tony, anyone is. Tony Collette's the <laughs> mum from um, Little Miss Sunshine. Okay, yeah. Tilda Swinton is the queen in uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah. And then who's the third one I'm talking about? Kate Blanchett. Oh, yeah, who's, who's in this? But it was yeah. also uh, Elizabeth and Elizabeth, but you wouldn't have seen that. Uh-huh. So uh, they ask, should we take a short walk or a scenic route? And she wants to do a short walk, but then he kind of overrules her and goes scenic route. Yeah. And she goes, okay, he goes, plus it's, it's actually quicker. And you get the idea that Foxy's a bit of a, uh, he's charismatic, but I don't think he takes his wife's feelings into consideration. No, I have got an update on the logo thing. Yep. So basically, of the iterations, it's the last one that uses the 2009 iteration. Um, it changes slightly in 2010. Oh, so there's a slight graphic design. Yeah. But the then, spirit of the logo is the same. The spirit of the logo okay. is the same, yeah. I mean, like, it, I'll show you. It doesn't change massively from 9 to 10, but I think the angle is slightly different that you view the logo from, perhaps, and the well, lighting. The, the background is massively different. So we yes, go from, like, yeah, a burnt yeah. orange sundown kind of viewpoint to, to a more, like, it's evening time and we're, yeah, it's yeah. evening. Yeah, okay, I see. Yeah. yeah. That's the biggest change. Okay. Yeah. It's weird. So the logo itself, actually the 20th century Fox, that stuff's all identical. But it's the, it's like the, the iconography around it is yeah. different. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, so not, maybe not, not as significant as maybe we once thought. No, but there we go. Um, and so they go to a squab farm and we have a focus pull, which in, which in stop motion is quite something. Yeah. Because the, the squab farm in the distance is at first in focus and then they sort of turn their heads and have a conversation in like a two shot. And then the squab farm, and without making a, a cut that we can see, yeah, stop motion is nothing but it is you know, all cuts. cuts, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but still, and then we have a focus pull. I'm like, that's cool. And so this is the part of me that goes, I appreciated greatly the artistry. I say this every time we do a stop motion film. Yeah. I appreciate the artistry of what I'm seeing, and to, you know what? To this point, I think I appreciate the artistry in this more than any stop motion we've done. There is a lot about the artistry in this. For one thing, it was it was shot on a uh, Nikon D30, I think it is, okay. um, which is obviously pretty high resolution, but also quite a standard camera. Like it's it is it's a it's not dissimilar to what you got you have. So it's not an unattainable camera for no. yeah no no no. Um, but yeah, it was filmed in um, it was twelve frames per second rather than the traditional twenty four um, for stop motion, so that you can see the stop motion. Like you're supposed to be able to see the slight jankiness of it because it's part of what they wanted. No, it's good. Um, the puppets were all made with real animal fur. Also, um, also, just keep in mind if you did it 24 frames a second, you're literally doubling the amount of oh, photographs yeah, you would yeah. take. Yeah, yeah, I, I do have the number somewhere. I'll see if I can find it. Um, uh, Fifty-six thousand shots. So you're doubling that yep. if um, if you do it in more. But yeah, so the puppets are all real fur. The um, humans that are in it, the hair on those was taken from like the people that were making the puppets so it's all like they cut basically all cut the hair and put them on their own puppets a little piece of themselves into it yeah yeah um so it's yeah a lot went into it i think there's 535 puppets in total um mr fox had 102 of those okay so yeah there's a lot of them as an artistic endeavor cannot fault it it's 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 fantastic um fantastic Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> um, and we find out that uh, there's a question about if he knows what he's doing. He says, hey, I've been stealing birds for a living before before I could trot. <laughs> and this is where she tells him that uh, she's pregnant. Yeah. And he says, oh, you're practically glowing. <laughs> but it might just be the light. But no, she is indeed 
glowing. It changes to like a really old, you know, the Christmas decorations, like the plastic lawn ones. Yeah. Like the old fashioned ones that like sit on things. She's got like a shell almost about It looks like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, And then we go to an action sequence which was set to heroes and villains by the Beach Boys, which is a great kind of question because which one is he? Is he a hero or is he a villain? And I just love the Beach Boys. Yeah. And it was, there's about seven of these in the film. Maybe I'm over pitching. There's at least five. Like massive like set pieces. Proper songs, yeah. Not just that, but like visually, there's a like there's a super fast event that takes place that oh, so much okay. work has yeah, to take yeah. place, and this is them going from left to right uh, throughout you know multiple levels, and they're jumping on yeah. clotheslines and they're hiding behind things, and we go past someone who's watching TV in the room, they're outside of it, but yeah. yeah, and you look inside through the window from this long shot, and it's like black and white inside the room yeah. where they're doing that, and so it just stresses the the significance of this animal, this hyper real animal world. Yeah, so the animal world is very, very orange, basically. It's all very autumnal colours, and yep. anyone who is an outsider is in different colours, including Christopherson, oh, okay. who is a much whiter-looking fox who wears a very blue wardrobe. So, yeah, everyone is everyone is who is an insider who we meet as kind of the gang, as it were, um, and their surroundings are all very orange and autumnal. Um, and so they get to this part, and they think if they hit this, um, Foxy says, if I hit this rope it'll drop a cage over there or something like that and so it just drops it over the two of them oh correction this is where she tells him that she's pregnant so the glowing yeah. shot was just earlier for you know you look beautiful i think he tells her and then yeah um and she says if we get out of here i want you to get into another line of work yeah and then we don't find out how they get out of there no. we just find out it's two years later which is 14 fox, 12 years. fox years 12 foxers 12 12 foxers which was cute I thought the idea of the kind of fox time and human, time. Time, and human time was yeah. was 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 a nice element. It was playful. Uh, he's now a columnist, and no one seems to read his stuff. And you can see he's looking for purpose in the grand scheme of it. Oh, definitely, yeah. And he's become domesticated. Yeah, he's got a home. Um, he's wearing you know shirt and tie, um, and so the the kid whose name is Ash. Yeah. It's a bit weird. He comes out. He's just wearing his underwear. Yeah. He wants the day off school, but mum shuts him down and sort of does that. You've got bit a temperature. That, You've not got a temperature. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Mr. Fox uh, cuts a passage out of the newspaper. We don't know what that is, but I was just like, it was just remarkable even just cutting something out of yeah. a newspaper. That's just a fantastic visual. And he says he feels poor. Yeah. And he doesn't want to live in the ground anymore. Um, and he sort of suggests he's about the age that his dad was when his dad died. Yeah, but we don't know what his dad dies from, so he could have been... Oh, it could be yeah, sick or... Not, yeah. But it's, this, it's just this idea of this existential midlife crisis... Oh, absolutely, ...that yeah. he's having, where he's faced with his own mortality, and yet we have a fox. And so to build up to this, like, you know, we have this lovely plate of pancakes that's been made for him. Yeah. But then there's a switch, and he eats this like like, like a, a fox. Like a wild animal, yeah. Like a wild animal. And this plays with this idea that every time we get too... Um, comfortable with the anthropomorphization i think i said that correct yeah that's right lee um but uh yeah every time we get to go they just start to act a little bit too human they remind us no no wild animal yeah and so he cuts out and we find out it's a real estate listing for a tree and we meet kylie the opossum yes who's got uh minnows he likes to fish for minnows shares a minnow and that makes him and foxy best friends for life best friends for life he moves in 
and he looks across from this tree and he goes what's that on the horizon and we see it's the triple factories or farms of bogus bunsen and bean that's the one yep and so he goes to his lawyer's uh, office, who's a badger, and it's Badger, Beaver, and Beaver, attorneys at law. Yeah, and the little their little damn house that's set in. Like, oh, is that right? I see the little house. I was too busy typing down the names, I think. Yeah, and it's in a little river, and it's all made out of sticks. It's very, very cute. Uh, and Badger's got to be Bill Murray, I've written down. Yes. Yeah. Uh, who's good? Who's great in this? And Bill Murray always shows up. If if, if Wes Anderson is an auteur, and he, he damn well is yeah. an auteur, um, one of the traits you have is ten, they tend to use some of the same actors over and over again. Yeah. And Bill Murray is one of those ones who shows up in a lot of um, Wes Anderson's movies. Did you pick up uh, who Stan the Weasel was, the real estate agent? No, I didn't pick up who Stan the Weasel was. So he's the guy who's, when he first meets He's Carly, the one who's showing him. Yeah, he's showing him. That is Wes Anderson. Oh, is that Wes Anderson? Yeah. Oh, very cool. Uh, do we have who plays uh, Kylie the Opossum? Kylie the Opossum is Wallace Wolodarski. Okay, don't know who that is. Okay. Not familiar. Right. I'll have a quick look, see if we've done anything that... Okay. And so Badger warns Foxy not to buy the property because the uh, because Bogus, Bunsen, and Bean are, are mean. And we find out that Bogus eats three chickens a day. Twelve chickens a day. Three Twelve chickens, chickens for every oh, three meal. For, three for every meal. Three. Uh, Bunsen is short and eats homemade donuts made stuffed with goose livers. Yep. And then Bean lives on a diet of alcoholic cider, and we're told he's the scariest man currently living. Yeah. Which sounds like maybe scary and mean aren't the same thing, but the movie clearly shows us he's meaner than the other two. Yeah. He's your big boss. Uh, So just a quick one on uh, Wallace Wolodarski. He um, was a co-writer for The Simpsons during the first four seasons, so he does a lot of that sort of stuff as well. Um, And has done things. He was writer and producer, mostly. Um, so it doesn't look like he's done as much acting as he does anything else. Okay. Um, and so Fox ignores his advice. They argue. And before long, they start again reverting to their wild animal kind of tropes. Um, something that I should mention here was the use of the word cuss every time they would have sworn. <laughs> it took me a while to realize. I'm like, yeah. oh, they come up with their own slang term. And then I'm like, no, hang on, Ian. Cuss literally means to swear. Yeah. I just thought it was like some sort of nonsense sound they put on. I went, no, no, cuss, to cuss is to swear. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to admit how long it took me into the film before I realized that. It was <laughs> a while. I believe it was originally a placeholder, but then they realized quite how versatile it was yeah. because it is used in place of several different swear words in several different situations. And it gives it this sense of Wes Anderson absurdity. Yeah. In a sense. And there's a fair bit of this in this. And I believe at one point in the film, there is a, like, a brick wall and it has got spray painted on it the word oh, cuss. Oh, cuss. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're not wrong there. Um, and so they get done sort of cussing and, and hissing at each other. And Don't you cuss at me. <laughs> and then we go to moving day, and it's a squirrel company um, who's doing the move-in, and it's another great visual set piece as we see the squirrels moving I stuff in. I love the squirrels. It's like they're always extreme long shots, and you see so much. Go- it's almost like an episode of, like, you know when you've seen Mrs. Maisel, right? Yes. You know when they do, like, like these big over-the-top, like, almost musical-like long takes yeah yeah it's kind of like that but now imagine that it's not just there's a whole level of it when you you know unlike this you can't control every minutiae everybody has to like like 100 people have to do their job correctly to get that shot yeah. in Maisel. but just the visual scope and scale and go just how much work did this entail to every second of it for 12 like, photos are taken but not only is it but in like some of the shots 
12 photos doesn't seem massive because you're just kind of moving like Mr. Fox's puppet mm. each time. But for those shots, you're moving like 10, 20 squirrels each Yep. For each, it's incredible. It's incredible for what's essentially an establishing shot. Yeah, it's just a bit yeah. of a joke, isn't it? It's just it? this commitment just to sort of set up now, now we live in the now tree. Now moved, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Fox is vacuuming as Christofferson arrives. Yep. Uh, and she paints thunderstorms and tree getting hit by lightning. And I kind of thought this was going to be like foreboding to something that was going to happen later in the film, but it never really does. No, I wonder if there was something to that in a different draft. I don't yeah. know, but yeah, it's it's just a nice kind of. It's, I think it just kind of shows you she's not all lovey dovey. She's not just a housewife. Is she? She's got some other dark. Yep. Stuff. Um, and she asked him if he feels poor still, and he says less than I did. And uh, they have like a little like swimming pool at the bottom of their tree. And Ash really, he does that thing that kids do. And I used to do it. Watch me, watch me, watch me. Yeah, as he's falling. And then go, and then go, how'd I do? How'd I do? And I remember I, would, I was diving with a friend of mine. As a child, and I was one of my mom to say I did better for my friend. My friend was a better diver than I was. He was older <laughs> than I was. He was just more naturally athletically gifted. But I, I can relate to Ash and being like, but I want to be yeah. this. Um, and then, of course, Christofferson does it once, and he's much better. There's barely any splash, as you, which is what you want when you enter the pool. And Ash wants Christofferson gone. Um, and and we, we should have established already, like, there's a clear disconnect anyway yeah. between Ash and his dad. And it's not just one side. It's not just that his dad doesn't get Ash. Ash is just weird because yeah. he's got some hero worship, but then he's also got, I think he hates his dad for being so unlike him. Because he knows that however hard he tries, he'll never match up to it. So there's an antagonism there. Definitely. So uh, Christopherson as well, played by Eric Anderson, um, who basically originated on uh, Broadway. He's a Broadway guy. Um, But was also in um, The Greatest Showman, probably most notably as Mr. O'Malley. So he's, yeah. Have we mentioned who plays Ash? Ash? um, I don't know if we did or not. Let me have a look. I don't think we did. Uh, I'll let you go ahead and take a look at that. Jason Schwartzman. Oh, Jason Schwartzman. I know Jason Schwartzman. Okay. Uh, I'd love to tell you something else he's been in, but I'm poor. I can see his face. I just don't know what else he's been in. So, um, Fox, Foxy wants to know why he's a fox, and he says, "Like I, I, I was trying to think, what's the word for this?" And he actually said, "Existential." I'm like, "Oh, brilliant!" <laughs> and he wants to know if he'll ever be happy if not with a chicken in his teeth. And I thought it was brilliant because I think one of the themes of this film, if I can try and extrapolate it out to, you know. It's that segment where you have to grow up and you have to kind of, because in a sense, you know, as you age, you'll, you'll discover this. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of go from this time when you go into your 20s and everybody sort of says, go, be wild, have fun, do what you want. This is the time for that. And then you hit a certain point and they go, okay, stop now. I mean, I've been through that. I I think I might have even taught you the word existentialism because I use it quite frequently. You didn't, in, you didn't teach me the word existentialism, well, but, but like, as a, <laughs> is it is it more of a? You use it fairly frequently. I I'll use it quite this. frequently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but just the idea of it now, he's going. You know, I'm supposed to be domesticated. Let me see, with a shirt and his tie and his new job. Mm-hmm. But he's like, I want to kill chickens. Yeah. That's what a fox is meant to do. And will I ever be happy if I'm not doing what I feel like is in my nature? And so I think it's it's a great sort of metaphor for the process of of aging and maturing into what maybe society expects of you yeah i think so i think there's definitely it's not just this isn't just a children's film is it like there is oh this is i'll go a step further this is not a children's film no 
No, this is this is a film for adults. It just happens to use stop motion animation and animals acting as humans. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Jason Schwartzman has been in uh, Moonrise Kingdom, Grand Budapest Hotel, Isle of Dogs, and The French Dispatch. Okay, I know him from Grand Budapest, Grand Budapest but yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, then we go, and Christopherson wants to know if he can move the bed, and he's this is with Ash, and Ash is like, no, my train set's there, and it takes a lot of work, so you can't do it and then you hear christopherson start to cry yeah and ash comes down you think oh he's gonna he's gonna console him no he's just turning the train set on so he can drown <laughs> out the tears although thankfully the use of the train set does seem to distract christopherson yeah and we find out that um what's been taken there's an ad in the paper for bandit masks that were shown it's just kind of left there yeah. and then we find out that uh, he wants to do one last heist this is foxy and kylie is in and you go to Bogus's chicken farm. And there's this whole thing about don't look a beagle directly in the eye. And there's a lot of fun, playful dialogue. And you know what? Like, George Clooney is great as Foxy, who's like ego run amok. Yeah. But is so charming. Mm-hmm. That I, I totally get. Like, he's charmed by himself. Yeah, you could really easily not like the character of Mr. Fox if he wasn't as charming. You know what Fox could be? Because I hate Toad of Toad Hall. I've not seen it. Fox. Have you ever seen Wind in the Willows? No. Wow. I, I know. I hate it. You didn't even do it. Were you not here when we did the episode no. for, for Talking the Mickey? In the no. Summer. Oh, okay. So um, he's really unlikable because he's so selfish. You go, I hate this guy. Yeah. Now, part of that's the writing because I've never seen a version of it I've liked. But part of it's also the performance in general. Like It's, it's a hard push because I'm supposed to like Toad is what people tell me. I never do. <laughs> but I like I like Foxy. I got... You know, I'm not saying I got no problem with him, but I understand who, as as a flawed, tragic hero, I understand him, but still support him and want to see him do well. Um, and so they talk about blueberries that are laced with sleeping pills, which is um a plot point from a different Roald Dahl story. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Um, I believe it's Danny's. What was it? Danny's. I've lost it. I can't remember it. Um, but basically, it's a different one, and they'd. When the Roald Foundation found out they'd used it in Fantastic Mr. Fox, they wanted it taken out um, of the film because it doesn't belong to Fantastic Mr. Fox. But they'd already shot it and ba- they basically went, please, and oh, they, let him, they let him keep better it. Better to ask for forgiveness than permission, yeah. right? <laughs> and so um, he's he's told Kylie by, by Foxy, always kill a chicken with one bite. And the downside is that, of course, as an opossum, Kylie doesn't have the ability <laughs> to do it in one bite. And again, this is the idea that Foxy also thinks every every other animal should act in the same way that he does. Yeah. And maybe that's part of growing up, too, is realizing that people are better at different things and not everybody can be like you. Um, there is a brilliant scene of, with, of Kylie with a chicken in his mouth that the chicken is just flapping everywhere. Yeah. He keeps trying to bite. And it's yeah. not working. <laughs> Uh, at school, we find out that Christofferson is a science prodigy, uh, but he's... No, this isn't Christofferson, a science prodigy. It's actually... Ah, I get this confused here. Ash is actually quite good at the science yep. and keeps asking for, 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 for more stuff. And the girl, Agnes? Agnes, yeah. Who's a science partner, keeps staring off screen. I had my characters backwards at this point and is clearly into Christofferson. And meanwhile, Christofferson is partnered with... What kind of animal was this? I'm not sure. A dog of some, some sort, sort of? Like, he's a bully, isn't he? But I don't know. Is he a bulldog? He might be a bulldog. I think it's a dog. There's got to be something that could be like wild. A dog's not wild. Yeah. But anyway, it's some sort of a mole-ish kind of animal. Um, and he's he, he and Chris Robinson calls him out and goes, 
what are you, a bully? And he goes, oh, he dresses like a girl. Um, which was an interesting message, I thought, for this. I'm curious if this was accurate to the book or if this was a bit of a modern tweak. Not, not sure. Um, but Christopherson calls him out. And meanwhile, you know, um, Agnes is, is crushing hard on Christopherson. Uh, Ash thinks that she's being unloyal because they're supposed to be his science partner. And this speaks <laughs> to probably primary school, elementary school kind of uh, crushes and things like that that no we're science partners so we're supposed to end up together yep it's adorable yeah have you managed to see it or no or? no i can't find it i'm still looking uh maybe if you write down i don't know bully maybe it'll that's, come up that's oh, what i've tried okay. yeah um so then we go to the heist and there's a great approach shot where they're we're kind of behind kylie and um and foxy and then all of a sudden this this fence appears as if from nowhere <laughs> And I wrote down here, like, I need to keep reminding myself this is stop motion, which is say every time we watch something in stop motion, yeah. I have to keep going. This isn't just a computer. This isn't just something that was, you know, drawn. This is something they've actually had to construct throughout. So that's. Yeah, it is incredible. Yeah. Um, we go to, uh, the, so they have to avoid this electric fence. Uh, they climb a tree and they throw a blueberry down and the beagle gets knocked out kind of cold buy it and then they come up to this other partner's barbed wire and a fox wishes christopherson was here which was nice because this sort of plants the seed in our head that foxy would be into using him for his criminal enterprise but then kylie goes why don't we just go over there there's no obstacle there and it's a great point of view shot as they sort of pan over which is funny because you can't pan over because it's just you know it's individual shots but and you see there's this entrance point and it's that kind of sense of humor, that kind of surrealist, like, oh, of course, like almost Monty Python-esque. It is, yeah, yeah, it is. The idea is like, we could do this, or we could go there where there isn't any of, oh, oh, yes, that is that is a better it one to do. properly makes me giggle. Like, there's bits in it. That, like I said, it has no business being that funny. I agree. Um, this is where we go back to, oh, this is where we heard the one bite kill and the scene we were talking about where he keeps biting down and he's yeah. not... And then um, the alarm goes off, but they manage to escape, um, and they go, we need to pick up the tags, um, and I have in my notes, Bogus is asleep. I guess he was asleep. He must have been asleep. Yeah. But they pick up some tags because they want it to say Bogus. So they wanted to say that they got it from like the the, the local shop. Yeah, so they basically they take the chickens that they stole and they basically make it look like they bought them. They bought them on sale. Yeah. Yeah. And so we uh, wakes up in the morning, Felicity opens up the store cupboard or fridge or whatever it is, and there's a couple of chickens that have been, you know, I always say Bogus Farms. Oh, some, they must have escaped before oh, they I were... Bought them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now the next start is they're going to go for Bunsen stock. And Kylie's like, hey, whoa, whoa, I thought we were just doing one. He goes, oh, it is all one. It's one master plan. Yeah. And so we don't really get a whole lot of buns and just the idea that the same thing happens. We have another shot where they open the fridge, and now we have goose and other fowl. Ducks, I think. Sure. And then back at school, they're learning how to play whack bat. Whack bat. The gym teacher, the PE teacher, is telling them how to teach whack bat. And Christopherson's never played whack bat, which is great because it gets us to be explained yeah. what whack bat is. And whack bat seems to be like a cricket bat with like weaponry established in it. <laughs> Mixed with like, it's half cricket, half baseball, half flaming pine cone. Flaming pine cone 
elements of Quidditch. I don't know. Yeah. It's all together. <laughs> and it's another one of those shots where he goes, oh, okay, I think I get it. And, of course, who do they take out for him? Ash. Yep. You need a breather. And he's like, I'm, and meanwhile, we get Ash's story. He's like, am I getting better? And he's like, you're not getting worse. Yeah. Like, do you think I'll be as good as my dad? And he goes, look, just don't focus on that, which is, which is the right message, although he's taking it in the wrong way. Yeah. Now, but the gym teacher is Owen Wilson. It is, yeah. Okay. Another one who he uses in a lot of his films. Okay. Owen Wilson. Um, um, do, do you remember seeing him in Grand Budapest? No. He's part of the network of concierges who helps get him. Uh, okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, he might be the first one who gets called. Him or Bill Murray's the first one, but then he's like, like the ones with the biggest sort of parts to it. Right, okay. And then, um, so of course he goes up, and uh, this being uh, Christofferson, and... Yeah, first time he does it, he hits it, he scores a bunch of points. Of course he does. Understands the game, too, which, like, I, I don't know what it means, but no, he, yeah. Christopherson does. <laughs> he goes, divide that by nine now, right, coach? And he's like, to think that's the first time he ever swung a bat. And, of course, this just continues the Ash needs to be jealous or envious yeah. of Christopherson. I mean, even Owen Wilson directly says, you can tell he's his, he's his uncle's he, nephew. You can tell whatever. he's your father's nephew. nephew. And <laughs> We get a great explanation to him. Not my blood. He goes, not as my mom's side. side. Oh, okay. He's like, wow. Uh, and he wants to be an athlete. This is Ash. He says, I want to be an athlete. It's just not going to work. But in the background, there's an airplane advertisement for Bogus, Bunsen, and Bean. Supermarkets, yeah. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so... You know why that airplane is there? No. So I believe it's this scene. There is an airplane there because when they were recording the voices, they didn't do it in studio. They did it outside. So there's a little bit of a plane? Yeah. So oh, they, do it, clever. they do it outside. They did it in the woods. They did it in an attic. They did it like different yeah. places to get the different sound effects. And one of the best takes of that scene, I think it was a boat actually makes a noise. And rather than scrap the take, they put the airplane through it. That's clever. Yeah. Just use what you got. Yeah. And it's a, it's a fun visual joke as well. Yeah. So it works. Um, and the lab partner has like a little like K on like a, pe- on like a pennant. Yeah. And she's like, we're going steady. And um, finally, the last one is uh, the last of the three heists. Is going to Foxy wants to steal cider from Mister Bean? Ash wants to help but can't, and is told to go home. But then Gustafson shows up. And is like, oh, I'm glad you're here. Here's your bandit cap. Put it on. <laughs> and um, he was like, hey, he goes, I don't. I like thank. I appreciate being invited, but uh, I don't think we should be doing this. Yep. And they break into the cider room and they find a rat who works security for Mr. Bean. I'm now realizing, of course, his name is Mr. Bean. It and is, it feels yeah. Like, but do, do you know who the rat is? Uh, yeah, I do have it. I'm just, I was just looking and I cannot find what kind of animals? that animal That's fine. anywhere or who voiced it. Okay. But yeah. Uh, so the rat is uh, Willem Dafoe. Of course it is. <laughs> i saw his name somewhere and i'm like okay yeah, yeah. willem dafoe is the rat uh yeah kind of like a bayou kind of yeah thing yeah a very different accent to everyone else yep yep um and so they, they and he suggests like you can tell it's like a kid's movie because he basically goes oh Foxy, yeah, your wife was the town tart. Town tart. Basically slut shaming, yeah. uh, which is kind of weird. Uh, but you know what? Foxy's quite mature about it. And going, well, no, she wasn't that, mm-hmm. but we've all, she had a past, but, but, but we all did, as yeah. have we all. And I'm going, it's quite a mature theme. And he's being really quite mature about 
this charge. Yeah. It could have been really easy for this to be like one dimensional movie stuff and go, that's it. I'm going to, I'm going to beat your head in. But no, he actually instead gives a very mature response to this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, there's a scare from Mr. Bean's wife who comes down and he wants three bottles of cider, but then she moves one. And it's that thing where of course, you know, Fox is like hiding behind it and just keeps really, in the really still. Shape of the side and of she doesn't bottle. really look, and then she puts it back and goes, No, two will be fine. And they figure, Oh, she must have astigmatism. <laughs> she must be blind. And then he gets Christopherson going, Yeah, eh, maybe, maybe characters. Yeah, Kylie <laughs> thinks blind, Christopherson thinks astigmatism. And this is, and Mr. Bean appears in the, in the sort of backlit. Yeah. In the top of the stairs, there's a, he, he's in the doorway. And so, and there's a cigarette, and so he's positioned as a figure of menace to come. And then we cut right from that to an emergency meeting of the three farmers who, uh, and Bean asks any fox problems, and Mr. Bean suggests they should kill Mr. Fox, and he shows off his shooting prowess, Mm -hmm. which this is the greatest night of his life for marksmanship, because he'll be crap at this the rest of the movie. He will be, yeah. Do you know who voices Mr. Bean? No. Michael Gambon. Wait, Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Shut up, really? Yeah, that's Michael Gambon. Wow. Yep. Fox, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Once you know, you can hear it. Can you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, the other two are Robin Hurlstone and Hugo Guinness, but not names I've ever heard. Don't of. really know them. Um, so Bean knows where Foxy lives and is going to shoot the cuss to smithereens. At this point, I wrote down cuss. This has been when I finally started to go, oh, I get it. Uh, at home, Mrs. Fox asks him about his book reading club, because every time he, he leaves, he's going for a reason why he's leaving with yep. with, with Kylie. Uh, I really appreciate the use of a girl's name for Kylie, because it makes it really easy for me to remember. Apparently, I'm just sort of remembering Kylie Minogue. Apparently, it was named after um, a painter decorator who moved into one of Wes Anderson's apartments whilst he wasn't there. Oh, so it wasn't, not, not in the original book? No. Oh, okay. Or at least the name wasn't, no. And so, <laughs> Mrs. Fox also wants to know, why is Christopherson wearing a bandit mask? And he goes, his ears are cold, where, of course, a bandit mask <laughs> covers everything but the ears. <laughs> it's brilliant. And then uh, Mrs. Fox, uh, Felicity, says, uh, if what I think is happening is happening, it better not be. <laughs> Which is a brilliant line. Great line. Yeah. I almost used it as the intro. Um, the next night, just before, uh, so the, the three farmers are waiting outside to shoot him, which we've been told about. Yeah. And just before it happens, um, Fox smells all three elements. Yeah. So and, the, the chicken, the turkey, and the, and the apple. apple. And so he runs away, and there's a lot of gunfire. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's a tail just laying on the ground. I didn't yeah. quite see any shot get close to him, but I, I'm probably not supposed to. Uh, but then we find out that Foxy is now missing his tail. And Ash is hoping it'll grow back, but it's not going to. No, only lizards' tails grow back, yeah. as we can learn from Kylie. <laughs> and um, at this point, Ash is still grumpy about the fact that uh, his cousin's there still. Uh, we were told it's because he was sick. Oh, sorry, his, his father's father sick. sick. Double pneumonia. So now it's time to get rid of double pneumonia. And Ash and um, Christopherson kind of get in an argument and... Um, Christopherson sort of walks off to meditate. Yeah. And uh, his mom, Felicity, tells Ash that he has 29 minutes to apologize. The apology happens 39 minutes later. Oh, is that right? Yeah. It was it was 29 minutes to apologize, right? It was 29 okay. minutes to apologize, yeah. Um, so 
They're coming through the ceiling. This would be the three farmers. So Fox, he goes, we need to dig. And so reverts back to his natural ways, which is interesting because um, Felicity said to him earlier, foxes aren't supposed to live above ground. No. Foxes are supposed to live below ground. So it's interesting how they both are sort of picking and choosing which elements of their wild behavior yeah. that they're willing to sort of accept. Yeah, she was very much foxes live underground. That's That's what they do. Yeah, interesting. Um, and so, uh, Mrs. Fox then wants a private word after they've dug for a while over here by this mineral deposit. Beautiful shot of this mineral deposit they sort of walk into. Yeah, very nice. And it's very much a, like, it was almost fourth wally, that joke. Like, yep. over here where we're in a cave. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, she then slices his face. Yep. And goes, why did you lie to me? about what he was doing. He says, because I'm a wild animal. Now, she also slices his face because she's a, a wild, wild animal. animal. And so it is this thing where I think things like this help me go, Foxy's not a bad guy. No. Because they're all kind of living in denial a little bit about yeah. about what they are. Definitely. Um, I love that she gives him warning. She's like, I'm going to get angry now. And then I'm, we about get, to, I'm about to lose it. <laughs> and then we go a little bit fourth wall breaking more where they go, this story is too predictable. Yeah. And then what happens in the end? We all die unless you change. Does he change? I think he just becomes less. He, he becomes, becomes a, less a better, arrogant and more aware. Pardon the the obvious misnomer. He becomes a better person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the bad guys are coming, and this is to the tune of the Rolling Stones's "Street Fighting Man," <laughs> uh, which I loved. That was brilliant. And so we have mechanical diggers versus the foxes digging. Ash is still jealous of Christofferson because, and it's wild because actually they're they're digging like two separate tunnels, mm. and yet we get the idea that Foxy can see the ever tunnel, but actually it would be <laughs> if it wasn't a two a two D presentation. Yeah, you'd realize that of course you're you're being blocked by by dirt. Yeah, but because we can see the cross section of it, it's the opposite. So that's interesting. He goes, look at that kid. He's a natural. He says, isn't he? And Ash says, oh, come on, Ash. He goes, I'm just going to put some dirt in my ears. And then he does exactly that, which was quite funny. Um, Mr. Fox is upset because he feels that one of the humans are probably wearing his tail as a hat. Yep. And turns out it's being worn as a necktie. Uh, I thought the tail represented uh, youth. Potentially, I thought it yeah. represented nostalgia and trying to recapture that thing. Because that's that thing that still makes him a wild animal. It's the thing that makes him not domesticated is that the tail. Because it, you had to, you know, there were seams cut through all his trousers. So yeah, I think yeah. that makes him not look like a human is that big bushy tail. Yeah. Yeah. And when he loses it. What does that mean? Yeah. So the quest becomes, I need to get that back until he finally makes peace with that. Yeah. Um. The humans dynamite uh, the tree, but that's not enough. So they begin a siege to starve the foxes out. Underground, the foxes meet up with the badger and other animals who are also undergoing uh, attacks, Mm -hmm. losing their habitat. Uh, And kind of call out Foxy for being selfish. Like, your actions are causing all these problems. Foxy has an idea if it's going to save their lives. But while this is going on, Christofferson uh, sees Ash being bullied by this same child who was bullying him earlier yeah um and stands up for him and does a little karate move demonstration yeah <laughs> and ash is going to fight for me and he goes yeah, yes i did because yeah. ash is just small he's going to be picked on yeah he needs an ally in this regard um 
Mr. Fox's great idea tells Mrs. Fox to tell the female animals that life will be okay, sends her away. Mrs. Fox tells Ash that maybe you can help me with this one because I was really struggling to keep up here. Mm-hmm. She knows what it means to be different. Yeah. Was there anything more to that? I don't. I think it's just that she's kind of starting to go, like, remember what she was like before they had the baby yeah. kind of thing. A bit like a bit like the parents in Paddington um, when they kind of, like, revert back to... Don't bring that movie up. <laughs> I liked it, just it wasn't a 9 out of 10, but keep going. Uh, yeah, no, I think they. she's just kind of realising where her son is at and trying to get him connect, to connect to dad, who is also weird. Um. Yeah, and so it's like he was weird as well, but his weirdness is presented as... His egomania is presented as a positive in light of the other animals at times. Yeah. yeah. Um, cause he's a big man on campus, whereas Ash, of course, is very little. Mm-hmm. But Ash would rather want to hear it. He wants to be an athlete instead. Um, and so the the male animals dig to the farm, which is a great score. It's got the mouth harp going on. I loved this. Uh, they arrive in the chicken farm, and then later we see them arrive in the cider and the ducks. And uh, meanwhile, this whole thing's being done by Petey, who's playing banjo with his yeah. band and singing along. And that's interrupted by Mr. Bean, who wants to know what they're playing. He says, I'm just making it up as I go along. And the shout is, that's just weak songwriting, Petey. <laughs> it's a great sort of surreal joke. Jarvis Cocker plays Petey. Yeah, Jarvis Cocker, uh, actual musician. I don't know a whole lot by him. Right, okay. So there you yeah. Actual musician news, that makes sense. Uh, and it turns out that um, Foxy has taken everything. Yeah. And Boggus and Bunsen at this point are wishing they'd stayed out of everything. And Bean comes out and destroys everything. He does a proper, like, rage quit, doesn't he? <laughs> and then he goes up to this machine he uses to brew his alcoholic cider. Mm-hmm. And he goes, hmm. At this point, I'm thinking, he's going to poison him. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. He's going to poison like a bottle of it. But no, instead, he's going to flush him out. So the bottles and things that are used, especially in like the chemistry scene as well when they're at school earlier on, all of the little test tubes and things, they had to put jelly in them rather than just liquid because the liquid kept evaporating before they could oh, really? like, before That's they clever. could use it enough, yeah. Uh, Ash wants Christofferson's help on something. Christofferson says, I feel like you take unnecessary risks in your family. <laughs> Ash goes, because we have the guts to do it. I think this is the first time we see the, the scales tip a bit yeah. and go... Because I think the storytelling tactic, we're supposed to go, yeah, guts are a good thing. Yeah, and it, and it also connects us, it connects him to his dad more than it connects Christopherson to his dad, which That's up a good until point now, too. everything has been there. Natural the ability. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're going to steal, he says, I'm going to steal back my dad's tail. The heist begins and Ash is wearing a tube sock as a bandit mask. Um, they see some cookies that she's made. And, of course, the two of them sneak up to it. And, again, enough time has passed that you forget. And so they eat it like foxes would. Yeah. Which is brilliant. Mrs. Bean return comes in. And, you know, you think she can't see them because they're playing on the joke from earlier. Yeah. Now, how Ash knows this, I don't know. Because Ash goes, I don't think she can see us. Not sure. I'm not sure. That's more for us because it's our second time seeing it. Yeah. It's not his second time seeing it. No. So when she returns with the knife, it's a funny joke. I just think the internal logic of the film falls apart ever so slightly there. Yeah. Um. So um, Fox proclaims, meanwhile, because he's got a banquet down with all the stolen goods. Uh, and they've had like, this whole like kitchen set up in just two minutes, chef, and all this sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Fox proclaims that they've beat the humans, and he interrupts Badger's toast. Yeah. And it's Badger's home as well. They're in Badger's home. 
and uh, he interrupts that and takes all the credit and comes off really, his ego is out of control here. It is, yeah. And I have won. And then they get flushed out with apple cider. While this is going on, we see that Ash has made his way back, but Christofferson has not. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been taken. And everything sort of falls apart and everybody kind of hates on um, Foxy because they, they end up in the sewers. Yeah. And uh, there's a great shot in front of, I guess what's only, like, I guess it must be in front of like a part where the sewer pipe comes out and the water falls to some other next level. Yeah. It looks like a waterfall. Yeah. And then in front of it, it looks beautiful. Yeah, I have no idea how they did that. Yeah. It's gorgeous. That's got to be, that's got to be a computer in the floor, in the background, right? Well, you say that, but CGI is only used in the flooding of the Flint mine. Okay. So whether that counts as that scene, I don't know. I don't it's know. fantastic. It is beautiful, yeah. Um, and Foxy talks about his need to be an alpha and his need to be a wild animal. And he says to her, I promise you, if I do all of this again, I'd never let you down. Mm-hmm. He says, I love you. He goes, I love you too, but I should never have married you. And I was like, whoa, things yeah. just got serious. Um, and so he kind of walks away and he sees Ash and he sort of tells him the story about uh, when I found out I was going to have a cub. And you get the idea of it as a story that's been shared before. Yeah, because he knows all the answers. And he cuts them off and he goes, hang on, though. Every every bit of dirt I, cl- I claimed, and this is kind of him talking about his own domestication yeah. in a sense. And we're going, every you know, paw full of dirt, I was wondering who you were going to be. And I think he says something like, I'm so glad he was you. Yeah. Whatever it is you're feeling, it's not your fault, it's mine. And this is the idea of it is, you know, his dad accepts him for who he is, even if he's not your typical, you know, and he is very um, kind of like. He's different. He's different. Yeah. And, you know, we get the idea that maybe he's, he dresses effeminately, apparently. Apparently so, but what he actually is wearing is is like, long sleeved top and trousers isn't it yeah. and, a, and a cape <laughs> but they tell us that the yeah. bully says he dressed like a girl yeah he's small he's 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 into other things yeah and he's fighting his natural things he wants to be good at athletics but clearly he's like a scientist yeah you know what i mean so he's kind of against the natural natural and that's the thing about natural wanting to be what should be coming naturally yeah um Fox then walks away and practices his surrender. He's got a white flag and he's going to surrender himself and swap. Yeah. And as he goes on up and they're looking for Christofferson, we have the return of Willem Dafoe the rat, (laughs) uh, the green goblin himself. Yeah. And uh, says, you got the wrong Fox. And this is said by Ash. He goes, I'm his son. And the the rat goes, I can see the resemblance, which is good. Uh, which is probably something he needs to hear as well, in a weird way. Uh, the rat that approaches and he snaps his fingers like he's in is it what is it? West Side Story. Is it, is it West Side Story? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a nod to West Side it was, Story. It was it was really interesting. And then we uh, we get excuse me, um, and then the the mom comes up first, and then the rat continues to like slut shame. Yeah, the mom, and she goes, "Are you flirting with me?" And I was like, "Is this flirting? Is calling someone a tart flirting?" Probably not. I don't know. No. Uh, but then, into, he, and he ends up having Ash in the, the rat's got Ash in a bag. Yeah. And then Foxy shows up and saves Ash. And in a moment of something, kills the rat. Yeah. Kills the rat. And gets the information. And this is where we heard the clip from earlier. 
And he goes, yeah, uh, would you have told me the location if I hadn't killed you? And no. no. So this is what forgives, this is how yeah, we get yeah, we yeah, forgive yeah. him. Although I was kind of cool with it with the whole wild animal, wild animal thing. But the yeah, difference the is. Rat, the rat's a bit of an arsehole anyway. Unlike the chickens, this the, the chickens weren't voiced. No. The chickens, we don't get to know as characters. No. So this is him killing a character. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and he goes, he, and meanwhile, we're getting this bit where, Ash going, oh, he redeemed himself in the end. And the line is, uh, sure, he redeemed himself, but he's just another dead rat in a garbage pail behind a Chinese restaurant. Which is it's so funny. And plays in again with this idea of how, how modern is this world they live in and yeah. how aware are they of this stuff. And he gathers everybody together and says, my suicide mission has been canceled and replaced by a go-for-broke rescue mission. <laughs> and now he does a toast again, the yeah. one he screwed up earlier. There's no food, there's no drink, but there's a toast again, and he builds everyone up. Yeah. And he reminds them they're wild animals, uses their Latin classifications, and lists their differences, which he says might be what makes us our strengths after all. Yeah. Um, so, so, so there we go. And Big Rousing speech, and Kylie's like, all right, what's there to eat? <laughs> i'm just playing along but uh we get out will you join me and it's the, it's that bit where the hero has to like humble himself everybody goes oh, okay sure yeah and they all jump in led by mrs fox mrs fox is the first one which is important after she said i'm not sure i would have married you yeah uh and then we get the song i get around by the beach boys <laughs> which i will judge them for two beach boy songs on one either you go all out with the beach boys you do like five beach boy songs or you do one Beach Boy song. I yeah. don't. It's like, see, you never went through a generation having to make a mixtape or a mix CD. And the rule is one song per artist. <laughs> well, a cassette was different. You could do one per side if you had to. Because okay. that act of flipping is a break. But no, you never did two on a CD. So just as a bit of trivia, the um, when Mr. Fox obviously knows all the Latin names for the other all the animals other than Kylie, the opossum, um, the Latin name for an opossum is Didelphis virginiana. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't sure the, the, the Romans had any opossums. Had a bunch of opossums, yeah. Um, everybody's skills are like normal. Right? Like, well, what do you do well? I can see really well in the dark. Excellent. Write that down. What can you do? <laughs> I'm really fast. Great. And then Badger, I'm an explosions expert. <laughs> Wait, what? Well, and I loved this because just when you thought you had it figured out, they yeah. would always add in these little surreal elements to it where you'd go, you're not really quite sure what the rules are. And <laughs> rather than get mad at the inconsistencies on like a matrixy level, mm. they've established there's a, there's, there's a playfulness about this. Yeah, they're not, they, doesn't, they don't take it seriously. No. Uh, he then writes a letter to arrange the swap. And uh, the, the farmers want to know, why did you why did they write the letters? The letters cut out from magazines, which was a callback to a joke we didn't talk about earlier. Yeah. But that's how <laughs> they'd sent one to him, which is great because this is that trope. Whenever you kidnap yeah. someone, this is what you're supposed to do. But, of course, that only works if you'd really want anything to be kept secret. And the fact that we then get, I think it is Christopherson going, no, it can't be Christopherson, it must be Ash goes, but it must be because they, they want to hide their identity. But then we get... So why did they sign their name at the bottom? I judge the media in this universe for apparently like animals are like on par with humans or there's some interaction between them. Yeah, there's definitely some interaction. But like all the human media is totally cool with these three farmers like just, just doing genocide. Well, no, I don't think they're cool with it. I think they judge them they're slightly. Why is no one arresting them for this? Yeah, they're, uh, uh, yeah, they're not being arrested for it. But the reporter okay, that's at what one I'm point, talking about. The reporter at one point is like, 
they calls them like deranged and obsessed and okay. those sorts of things. But someone should be arresting these guys. Yeah. Um, so we get the, there's a shootout duel, which felt, and everything looked, there was lots of shots of shops, which felt very Grand Budapest Hotel. Everything was very symmetrical. Yeah. There's an audio recording of Christofferson because, um, the swap's supposed to happen, but Foxy wants to hear Christofferson's voice first. Yeah. And clearly cheating. Um, so they throw a flaming pine cone. I like the idea of a flaming pine cone as like a Molotov cocktail or a grenade of some sort. Yeah, but it's this, that's what they use in the, in the game is a flaming pine cone. What game? The game that they play at school with when... Uh, oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what the ball is. Um, oh, I just thought that was him being a jerk. No, that is a flaming... Oh, that's okay. What use, yeah. <laughs> and then one flaming pine cone. Is that all you have? No, because 22 more flaming pine cones come before fight it. And then Fox and Kylie go running behind this bike and sidecar. And from behind it, they drive out a much smaller bike and sidecar. Funny. Very, fu- very funny. Why do they have this? Don't think too hard about it. Don't. And we find ashes stowed away, and they get to the annex, which is where the rat said that uh, Christofferson is, and it's locked in three different places. And uh, Chris, um, Foxy asks Kylie, do you have a credit card? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I got a credit card. And you're like, what? <laughs> and this isn't the fun. This isn't the part that makes him go, huh? He goes, wait, how did you qualify for a titanium yeah. credit card? And Carly's like, what? I pay my credit. bills on time. I've got excellent credit. Because <laughs> that's the part that's unbelievable in this situation. <laughs> so they, they pass a beagle and there's no blueberry to give it. Uh, even though it was clearly supposed to be Kylie's job, he wrote it on his hand. Um, and the Beagles got rabies. This is really just an excuse to keep Foxy out of the way for a little bit yeah. so that Ash can have his moment of redemption. But we did already know about the beagle with rabies because it is referenced a lot earlier on right at the beginning when they talk about the beagles. Right, but the only so. reason for Foxy not to to be stopped here is so Ash can have his one-on-one scene. Oh, yeah, of yeah. course. But it's nice that they used something that they'd already referenced. Sure. Yeah. They put a grate on top of... Oh, so we go to... They're inside, and now they're on top of a roof where, where Christopherson's <laughs> being held. Don't think about that too much. Uh, Ash steps up, and because um, Kylie can't lift the grate. No. And he goes, I can help because I'm little. And he sees his smallness now as a strength, yeah. not as a weakness. And so <laughs> Christopherson's there, and he's bound by the hands, and he's blindfolded. And Ash is like, can I get a quick karate lesson? And Christopher's <laughs> like, sure, and begins a literal lesson in yeah. karate. Um, but we're cross-cutting this between Foxy trying to pacify the rabid dog, which was a boring little sequence. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, it's the funniest part of it is to build when he, tension, pulls, but... he pulls out the little dog toy out of his pocket, like, yeah. and then and then it kind of, eh. Yeah, I, I didn't care for that part. No. Uh, it goes badly for both. Ash tries to run up and uh, chop. I'm glad he didn't chop it. Chop the, the padlock of his <laughs> hand because it never would have worked. Nope. Uh, but he knocks the crate over. And meanwhile, Foxy outruns the rabid dog. Uh, Ash is broken free. Uh, he says, I'm sorry. He goes, oh, well, you tried to unlock it. He goes, no, no, I'm sorry. And he goes, oh, for that, for that apology you should have given me earlier, but yeah. never did. In a very dry, dry response, which 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 I liked. I did. Um, and then we have the showdown because they come out from where they were and there are the three farmers. And of course, Beans got the tail as a necktie. Fox proclaims, we're not leaving without that necktie. And they start shooting. He goes on second thought. Let's just get out of here. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a big moment. It is. Yeah, big yeah. Moment. yeah. Yeah. And so they hide behind the strongest wooden box in the history of the world because <laughs> the three on each side get destroyed instantly. Yeah. But the one they're behind, who oh, I can okay. take a shot. Yeah. Um, Ash declares, I weigh less than a slice of bread. 
And so he has his own whack bat moment as he unlocks the gate. And this is important because his dad sees him as like an athlete now. So it's a nice moment there. The gate, which is unlocked, releases the rabid dog who then destroys the necktie. Yep. And that's it. It's gone. Uh, the remnants of a tail are eventually picked up, though, in place on the aerial for the motorcycle. I think it's the idea that your youth can be a part, and you can sort of, you can remember sort of it. remember it, and yeah. you can sort of have moments where you adopt that persona. But there must be moments; it can't be your thing anymore. Yeah. Just before they do that, when the um, I meant to say with the credit card bit, apparently you know the little whistle thing that yes. is his trademark. Apparently, it's the same as uh, Doctor Pierce's in the movie Mash. Oh, I've never seen the movie Mash. I've seen the TV series. Yeah, apparently it's the okay. same. Um, I wonder if it's Hawkeye. Hawkeye it Pierce? It's Hawkeye, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's, yeah. He was like a ladies' man. He was very, yeah. Right, yeah, no, it's the same whistle and click. Okay. Um, Alan Alda plays him on the TV series. You probably don't know who Alan Alda is. Alan Alda's mm. great. Um, we get the escape. Um, they go somehow... Th- there's like a stunt wrap set up because of course there is. Of course that's, there is. That's okay. Uh, they're on the ramp onto the road and they come across a wolf and Fox tries to engage with them but overcomes his fear of wild animals. And it kind of wishes them the best in like the cold winter because where yeah. the fo- the wolf is, it's winter. But where Fox is, it's still autumnal, as you said earlier. And I guess this is about like everything in his wild instinct should be run away from wolves. That is what you're designed to be. He is your predator. Yeah. And he's not afraid of him and speaks to him as an equal and sees his journey and his crisis. Yeah. And I guess is again, part of that domestication or, or shift from his wild nature. Yeah, I think so. He, he kind of realizes that just because the wolf is different, it's not a bad thing. It's not going to, he doesn't need to be afraid of it. Cause the wolf has been referenced, um, several times over. Yeah as this fear that needs to occur. Um, uh, we go two and a half weeks later, which is three days for humans. Uh, the farmers are convinced the foxes will come back out, but Fox is back to riding this column. They're all stored up in the sewers. Yep. He's found himself an entrance point, and he goes, it might be nothing, but he smells Freon. And, of course, <laughs> it's a supermarket. Uh, we find out Felicity's pregnant again. He says, I think we're both glowing, and we get the shot of them yeah. both glowing. Uh, Ash wants him to do another toast, and it's there's a bunch of stuff, but basically it comes down to to our survival. Yeah. And muted. You know, it's natural for him to want to eat proper apples and proper goose and proper chicken, but we'll have to do with simulated. And maybe it's about modern living in general and a bit of a yeah. do what you get through the next day. And the sun goes, that was a good toast. There's a dance party to the song Letter Dance by the Bobby Fuller Four, and we zoom out, and the last joke is finding out the supermarket is owned by Bogus Bunts and Bean. And when he's up, he's like, don't forget, the badgers think they're vegetarians or something like that. And the rabbits are vegetarians, and badger thinks he can't eat walnuts. That's it. So, you know, let's get things for everybody, and he considers other other people. You know, he does that toast. Did you spot what he was stood on? What's this one? It's a literal soapbox. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's That's like a, it's a laundry box, yeah. That's clever. So uh, that was fantastic, Mr. Fox. I want to thank Andrew, first off, for picking a tight a tidy film at 90 yeah. minutes. It was a nice quick watch. Um so I guess it's time to hit this button. Oh, that's not the right one. Make sure you hit the right one here. Here we go. We're in the end game now. And we are on the end game now. I almost hit the uh hit the edge game. 
<laughs> we don't need to do it because they're all animated. No. Georgia, you get to do this this week. Random word. Oh, random word. It's got to be... Oh, what were those random birds called at the beginning that weren't chickens? Oh, I've thrown all my notes over. You've thrown all your notes on the floor. Squab. 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 All right. Squab it is. Uh, Money. I actually haven't looked at the money yet. So uh, let's take a quick... So I've got it. Oh, do you really? Excellent. Go ahead. Uh, So the budget was 40 million. Want to guess what the box office was? Um, 40 million. The box office, I guess, was 85 million. Uh, No, 46. 46? Yeah, 46 and a half million. Doesn't, Doesn't break through. It's a critical success, but not well loved i'm not surprised it's a really hard sell yeah it is to get the feel of what this film really is yeah yeah um i was looking at something today uh licorice pizza um is a yeah, film an advert for that. actually i think it's wes anderson <laughs> as luck would have it i think it is and uh i was sitting there because i've kind of got a theory in my head that liam would love this film uh, and i really don't want to watch it anytime soon which is <laughs> I don't know. It looks it looks very Wes Anderson, and that can go good or bad. It looks it's like ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I was like, great. But I looked up where it was playing. It's Norwich or it's Cambridge. Wow. There's nothing nowhere like near here. nowhere near here because it's just not that kind of movie. So th- someone was saying this is proof that independent or non non you know I, uh, already owned IPs can work in cinema, but it can't if I can't find it here. Yeah. If it can't crack into, you know, one of the cinemas that we have near us is like a, a six or seven screen multiplex. Yeah. If it can't break into that, what what chance do we have? Yeah. And what chance does it have as well? Yeah. Like that's not, yeah. Yeah, because people who are um, already, people who are like, you know, indie film buffs, great, but that that's not going to stop the populace from yeah. choosing something besides pizza every day, which is what Marvel and all these franchises are. I that's what I mean. That, that same cinema spider-man was playing 12 13 times a day but you know why because they'll fill it yeah yeah but they'll fill it because what people have been trained now yeah. this is what you want to watch so when we're on the cinematic council podcast i said my, my, my hope is that we would go back to having something that was like an not independent in the sense of like independent studio but yeah. something that's just a new story but yeah. new, there's room for new stories to be created where you go oh what's that about and someone has to explain it to you in a sentence as opposed to well, it's the new spider-man film it's the new batman film yeah. it's the new uh, you know what i mean like yeah, it's just yeah. it's just retreads of what we already know mm-hmm. so there is that uh i didn't look up awards do you have that i do have that hey yeah, look so at this it was nominated for the 2010 critics choice award for best animated feature at uh, the golden globe for best animated feature nominated uh, nominated okay. uh Academy Award for Best Man Feature and uh, Best Original Score, but lost all of those nominations to any guess? 2010? Uh, is, it, is it Disney or is it Pixar? Pixar. 2010. Toy Story 3? Up. Oh, Up? Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, so lost all of those to Up. Um, Wes Anderson did, however, get a, um, was awarded, a national board review awarded him a special filmmaking achievement um in january of 2010 so just after it um his acceptance speech um was animated as his character oh that's cool yeah so after he'd done it they animated his in, in his little weasel character excellent uh let's take a look at i mean we don't it's, it's the fox's story obviously yeah what is the story here i think we've talked about it actually a, a fair amount of time but i think it is I think it's the story about maturation and letting 
go of your past and your and maybe part of that's even your dreams and who you were in your 20s there's an accept there's like a self-acceptance type thing but accepting yourself as to who you are now and how that affects other people that's it because what he does is great if he's by himself yeah but what he does affects his wife what he does affects his child his nephew gets kidnapped like yeah. you know yeah. there's clear ramifications you cannot act selfishly and this is a movie about maybe if anything just reducing selfishness mm-hmm. to the point where we didn't talk about it specifically but he says he thinks of himself as some fantastic mr fox yeah and the use of, you know, that self-aggrandization. Hashtag Ian is always right. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It just seems to be a... Uh, that, that's the story I got. Do you get anything else? No, I think it's, it's pretty much that. There's definitely deep levels to it. I think it's, like we said, it's not a children's film. It, it kind of... No, it's not a children's film at all. It masks itself as a children's film. I don't think it does. I think it was ad- when I remember it being advertised, and I was a child when it was being advertised, and thought it was a children's film. Is that just because you're so used to animation means children's film? Probably, yeah. yeah. So that's it. Yeah. So it's it's more about us as a as a public needing to go. We need to rethink what animation generally means and not just go. But again, same as we've just talked about, when all you get peddled is is animation films towards children. That's what it always is: kids, 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 yeah. kids. And we don't allow, and no one goes and sees. Yeah. Because there's a marketplace that's been confused. Yeah, definitely. It's too mature for children, obviously. Yeah. But adults aren't designed to think animations for them. Yeah, I think that is the biggest problem with this film, yeah. Um, so, uh, role of women? It's pretty good. Okay. I like it. I mean, she's a fox, but she's a woman in this, in this um, kind of universe because we obviously we don't we see one female uh, human character um she's quite subservient but we get told basically that the humans aren't necessarily the heroes of this story is is the animals and within the animal kingdom the two fox women that we see um felicity fox and uh agnes the young one yep she even has a line about how she used to hide her spots but actually now she quite likes them okay that's i think this film fails the bechdel test i think the women are both plot points Oh no, I think she's quite important, Mrs. Fox, because she's the reason she tells him, "I don't know if I should have married you." She's the barometer about if he's succeeding or not, though. She just she reacts to what he does. She does very little to act in her own way. I suppose so, but I don't know if that's because we're so aligned with Mr. Fox because it is his story. Probably it's a, it's a very male dominated story. Yeah. Okay, so that's my perspective. Um, ironically, I'm sitting here, <laughs> but I guess it speaks to something that in a very male-dominated story, the presence of women and how they're portrayed didn't upset me. Whereas there are other stories where they're very male-dominated. Does that bother you when uh, he tells her, go ahead and tell the other women creatures it's going to be okay? No. Okay. I think it's it's just that once. It it is also playing on sort of the pretense of fairy tales and animal fables. Yeah. And some of of those representations are more um, archetypal, more more stereotypical maybe. Yeah. Um, Favorite character? Um, I really like Christopherson. I think we're not yeah. supposed to like him as much. Oh, really? I really like Christopherson throughout. Yeah, because I think I think if we're aligned with Ash, we're not supposed to like him at the beginning. But no, I think he's hilarious. Like his dry sense of humor is really funny. Like my favorite is going to be Foxy, but if yeah. I had to choose a second one, I think I like Ash's story. 
Yeah, it's lovely. I wish it whose story is it. I mean, it's Ash's story as well, actually. I probably should have given him a little bit more credence there because he's got an arc all his own. Yeah, he has. About self-acceptance to who he is versus who he wants to be. Yeah. Or who he thinks he should be. Yeah. And yeah. just out of the cameos, really love Bill Murray in this. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's great as the, as the lawyer slash weapon, uh, sorry, uh, explosions expert. Yep. Uh, Badger. Um, best moment, best element? It's got to be the animation, hasn't it? I mean, it's, it's spectacular, but also the script is wonderful. Yeah. Um, the jokes in it, like I've said it twice, I'll say it a third time. It doesn't deserve to be as funny as it is, but it is. Now, there's an absurd sense of humor, which at times I felt failed at Grand Budapest. Maybe because it is animated, I'm willing to give the universe more of these jokes. I think so, yeah. or Because it's a beast fable, I'm willing to give it more of these yeah. jokes. But I was better with it here. Um. And then just for, if, if I can, I'm uh, the scene in which they're in front of what looked like a waterfall. It's, it's it was a stunning, yeah. stunning shot. Loved it. Uh, Ethan says his favorite element was the score and the use of music. Um, he really likes it. He says using David Crockett as the first real piece of music and then having the score utilize that same kind of tone was perfect, especially for the color palette of the film. Okay. Uh, does he have anything else to add? Um, he doesn't, uh, he, what does he say? He's, um, he says a lot of things. Um, he says it think it was a, was a bad choice to make a book out of a film because the book itself is only ninety six pages long, so a lot of the film is padding. Um, but tell that to to uh, oh Peter Jackson of his Hobbit trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> um, he likes the style of stop motion, uh, stop motion animation, um, and thinks that this style of film takes full advantage of the use of animation and specifically stop motion, which I'd completely. Um, agree with uh he says it follows the same beats every other wes anderson movie of moral morally questionable but likable character does thing that causes consequence alongside the quirky and dysfunctional group they're in with some visually appealing shots and enjoyable music he says you know what you're getting for before you press press play so i don't think ethan's a massive wes anderson fan um he says he has such an aversion to the way the film handles the audio he said i don't know if you guys will notice it with the tv but with headphones there is such a change between how dialogue sounds throughout it um he says he doesn't know if it was recorded with a boom mic and a room echo and those sorts of things obviously we know it's because it was recorded in lots of different locations outside um but i really like the differences that that gives because it makes it feel more real um but obviously, if you don't know that it's filmed outside and those sorts of things, it might feel a bit discombobulating. Do you think have any more other points to bring up, actually, when I think of it? Um, there's, he's, he likes the music, like I said. Um, he feels the story overstays its welcome a little bit um, because of how it's retroactively pinned on. But I don't, I don't know that if you don't know that the story isn't one cohesive thing that was originally the whole story, that you would necessarily notice that. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, He's got a grumble, definitely. <laughs> okay. Um, um, did name like a favorite character or anything like that stuff? Or uh, you know, he's got favorite element and um, favorite character. I just asked favorite character, so, not favorite character. Sorry, so, favorite element and a grumble. Okay, um, and a bit of a sign off, but that's it. So let's let's do Ethan's grumble first, shall we? Uh, yeah, so he says, Ash is an unnecessarily annoying character who I don't care about by the end of this. It's great to have a challenged relationship between him and Christopherson and also his dad, but you can show him feeling overshadowed by his cousin without him explicitly telling us because making him a massive arsehole makes me like Christopherson even more. I don't think Ash is an arsehole. I think he's just I don't, misunderstood. Yeah, but Ethan, I would just say respectfully and kind, buddy. I think that's the point. Yeah. 
And the police are supposed to like Christopher some more because he's sitting here. His dad's sick. Yeah. He's, he's scared. We see it by crying. And yet all that happens is because he's naturally good at something that Ash wishes he could be. Yeah. Yet I don't think we see that at all with Christopherson. He's, he's not a comparative guy. If anything, he wants to see everybody just left alone. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he's, he's supposed to like Christopher. We're not supposed to dislike Christopherson, nor are we really supposed to like Ash until his turn. No. Yeah. No. Uh, you're, you're grumble, maybe. Um... I don't know. Okay. Because it's, it's one of those that is is absolutely incredible in what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what it is is a animated Wes Anderson film and that's either something you like or it's something that you find to be too absurdist and too over the top and not yep. make any sense. For me, I am on the side of, I think it's hilarious. I think it's really, really funny. So I struggle to come up with a grumble. Um, I'll say for me, I think Ethan's got a point. It feels like there's some padding. Uh, it feels like there's times where I'm just like, okay, you're stretching to get to 90 minutes. Right. So you can satisfy the need for a feature. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's very fairy tale esque and there's three of them and they're, you know, here's the way it's going to, it's going to go. And then, um, I'm not sure the ending with the speech about, uh, simulated or synthetic flavors, but we're going to survive. I'm not sure it hits the chord I'm supposed to hit with it. Quite right, yeah. But th- th- it's not supposed to be perfect, so I guess it's a, it's a pivot. So I think this kind of film is going to hit its head at a certain point, maybe, but definitely in, in relation to me and how I feel about films. But yeah, that's me. Um, so outside of that, then we've got, uh, is this anybody's best role ever? It, it's, it's, it's vocal, so I'm going to say none for me. No. Okay. Uh, no age given you so so critic time georgia what do you got for critics yeah so i've got the critics like you said it was a bit of a critical acclaim um it does better with the critics than it does with the general populace um but saying that we have got uh tom long from the detroit no- news noise news uh says the result is a quirky film that should work for all ages with just a hint of dark humor in this age of high-tech animation wes anderson has found himself in a low-tech wonderland wow okay yeah, it's quite nice quite nice uh, we have Kenneth Turin from the Los Angeles Times says it provides a pleasantly cerebral experience, exhilarating and fizzy, that goes to your head like too much champagne. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, it it does make you yep. feel a bit sometimes, but I think that's a Wes Anderson trope, isn't it? Try, try doing that and taking notes on at the same time. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and then we have our good friend Roger Ebert. Ebs. He says, like the hero of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, also based on one of his books, the creatures of Dahl's Valley seem to know more than they're letting on, perhaps even secrets that we don't want much to know. Children especially will find things they don't understand and things that will scare them. Excellent. A good story for children should suggest a hidden dimension, and that dimension, of course, is the lifetime still ahead of them. So he's basically bigging up the fact that it comes across as a children's film that there will be things they don't understand about it, and that's fine because children don't understand mm. everything about life. It's not Shrek, and I, I mean that in every capacity of the word. <laughs> it's not a film where like, there's stuff for grown-ups and there's stuff for... I guess Shrek is a film for ch- children with adult parts at jokes for the adults in it this might be the opposite this might be a film for adults where there's something that children can at least get some sort of story on i think so yeah yeah all right let's look at some of our critics in uh, in, a, in a bfe first uh, i put out the fleece and said is it a great film good film okay film or poor film 46 percent say okay film wow uh 23 say great 23 say good eight percent say poor uh, specifics we've got Lestat who says not as clever as it thinks it is the animation style is just 
off. And you know full well George Clooney was only chosen for the voice because it's George Clooney, not because he was good. I really like George Clooney in this. I think his voice is brilliant for this part. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a musical. I'm assuming this is Danny. He said, I saw it years ago and I really enjoyed the stop motion, I believe, nature of it. A good cast, but it feels padded with some nonsense that stopped it from being a really good adaptation. Now, I don't know the original. No. So I get, in a sense, I get the freedom of not going, is this a good adaptation? Because that's not the question we're asking. The question we're asking is, is it a good, is it a good film? film? But not saying that there's nothing wrong with saying it feels padded. I felt it felt padded at where I yeah. was. So, uh, Julene from It Goes Down on the PM says it was a cu- it was okay. It kept the little ones' attention. I watched it a couple times and amend to my original assessment of good. It was okay. It was very if Ocean's Eleven was a cartoon. There you go. You and Julene on the same page. <laughs> they could have taken the time to write an original good heist animated film as opposed to this very derivative film. So, yeah, it's definitely kind of a a pass on that one it's pretty much what what we said critics like it yep general public not uh not so much resident posty russell osborne says i appreciate the look of it and the effort that went into making it with the stop motion animation however i don't like anything else i don't get the humor i also find it a bit weird in places having said that though i'm not also a wes anderson film either which doesn't help on reflection there's one scene i really enjoy that's the home of jarvis cocker as peter singing the song of the campfire not everyone appreciates it though uh josh my next favorite movie says i'm in the same boat as ian haven't seen it never been able to get into wes anderson honestly maybe one day uh resident uh not resident posty resident poet laureate Dwayne smith Dwayne smith says i'm a massive wes anderson fan so naturally i love this film my brother and i love the book as kids i think it's a great adaptation george clooney is an inspired choice for mr fox absolutely perfect i love the three farmer character traits and how they are used against them the animation style was so clever and quirky this film is totally british and then just finally, here's looking at you, film. Uh, just has a picture of uh, Foxy raising his fist in solidarity to the wolf and the wolf raising the wolf, uh, <laughs> fist in solidarity back. And one last bit of uh, feedback. It was actually the first bit of feedback, and I missed it. Uh, from Reverend Bruce, who's throwing me for a loop by changing his Twitter handle up. <laughs> he has, yeah. He's changed his Twitter. Yeah, he has. Uh, says it's a uh, says, fantastic Mr. Fox is a delightful little story. The stop motion animation is fabulous. The film is witty and the voice actor is superb, especially George Clooney. You hear about the stat? And it's always <laughs> good to see a husband and father give up his wild ways, literally in this case, yep. and become more responsible. So, uh, yeah, I think he I liked agree it. with that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So now it's just time for our ratings. So now that we've got the Patreon up and running, yes, the fifth chair belongs to the patrons. So what we'll do is we'll do Ethan's rating first, okay. if we may. We'll then do yours. We'll do mine. And then we'll find out what the, what, what the public, what our patrons thought of it. Exciting. So let's start off with Ethan. Okay, yeah. So Ethan says... There's a charm to this movie and attempt at real heart, but I think it gets overshadowed trying to figure out whether it wants to showcase aesthetics or focus on characters outside of Mr. Fox. The music is stellar. The story overstays its welcome just a bit too long for me because it's the th- because the third act has to be retrospectively made for this film, which bogs down the pacing of the first and second act. Boggy Spunts and Bean are entertaining antagonists, despite Bean being the only one with any discernible personality. I feel I'm being mean on this film, but having seen the film many times... Um, it loses its charm the second time, you, the second you've seen any other Wes Anderson film, and I realise his gimmick and what you when you realise what his gimmick is. So I'm giving this film a six and a half goose filled donuts out of ten. Wow, six and a half. Okay, you. I really liked it. Okay. Um, I think the absurdist humour 
put into animation like this is for me is is brilliant i think it's really funny i like the bits that aren't quite right i like the jokes that are there because they're then they they don't make sense like the fact that they didn't see that there's another open archway that has no fencing and those things it it just makes me laugh it's just my type of humor i really really enjoy it um and i'm always one for practical effects so the fact that this is stop motion animation like 99.9 percent of the film is absolutely incredible um i yeah i really really enjoy it i am going to give it eight and a half out of ten all right um my god at the halfway mark i thought this was a nine if not better yeah and then it really once they once they start building the once christopherson gets kidnapped yeah it really starts to drag for me Mm -hmm. and i felt that everything we'd seen the face-off we've already had a face-off this we've already had this yeah so i felt it's probably and i don't know what you do because you can't release a 60 minute movie yeah, can't. But I felt it's a sixty-minute movie with with twenty minutes of padding put into it. So that dropped me from a nine down to an eight. I'm only give it an eight. I think it's it's still really really um, impressive in 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 from a visual perspective. The, the the sound, the 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 tone it's able to create is playful and fun and irreverent. But there is, like Ebert said, there's a deeper meaning behind this film. And I think I picked up on that relatively early and was able to stew on it. And I still am. And I like it when a film can leave me with that. So I am going uh, eight uh, synthetic apple juice boxes (laughs) out of ten, or fist pumps to the wolf Wolf, on the hill. So then comes in, where does our Patreon vote come in at? Our friends of the podcast. And so basically what happens is we take anybody who voted with a numerical value, we'll put it in a blender and come out yep. with, with, with an average. Does the polling system that you've put up on Patreon, does it allow us to come up with an average? Or do we have no, to do but that? I've done it myself. You've done it yourself? I have, yeah. Excellent. Uh, tell you what, let's get the overall average and let's see who was highest and who was lowest on it. Can we, can we do that? Is that we something? can, yeah. Okay, yeah. let's go ahead and do that. Uh, so overall, the average is eight. Eight out of 10. Oh, really? So wow. Fits with you, yeah. So, the, the voice of the people, <laughs> the voice of reason. Here we are. So, eight, higher than I was expecting based on what we got on Twitter. Yes, but yeah. I think one of those is because. I'm sure Andrew gave it a 10. Andrew gave it a 10. Okay, there we go. That's fine. Totally cool. And then who was lowest on it? Uh, so, we get uh, Reverend Bruce gives it seven. He was the low point? He was the low point. There was one other vote, um, but they don't, in the ne- section where I put name, they didn't yeah. put their name, they put a little summary of how they felt about the film and then put seven. Um, so I'm not sure who that what was. Have, what have they said out of curiosity? If, is, there any, is there any comments there? Uh, it says, uh, this movie held the little one's attention long enough oh, for that's, me to get... Oh, that's Julie. It must be Julie. That's yeah. Julie. Enough for me to get a breather. I love the Paddington Easter egg. If Ocean's Eleven were a cartoon, yeah. it would be fantastic mr fox so that 1077 put in the blender like i say it's we had three votes that's fine and so in a minute george is going to get right on there and tweet out or not tweet out but message on patreon what next week's will be yes which is time to sort of reveal that but very cool that we have the patreon as that extra chair in the it is cool because we kind of have our perspective but it's nice to have sort of the, the public's perspective on that as well so uh next up is talking about what do we have next week and next week is coming from liam oh a liam pick a liam pick liam liam goes classic we we, we know liam goes classic <laughs> uh he loves his old old classic hollywood uh we are going uh liam likes movies that kind of deal with bygone eras 
and especially characters who were cool in bygone eras. Yeah, I'd agree and with that. And there's no one cooler, <laughs> even even more so than Danny Zuko, I'm saying it, than James Dean. And so we're doing James Dean, Rebel Without a Cause. Ooh. So classic, classic Hollywood. I have never seen this one. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. I've seen extracts, but only like a couple. Okay. But I believe it's about that sort of teenage rebellion where you stop listening to your parents and start wanting to have a little bit more say in the way that you live your life. Okay. So I'm either going to really like it or I'm going to hate it. Yep. It's that iconic red leather jacket though. Right. Okay. So it is that movie. So that's what we're going to be doing next week. So that's exciting stuff. So uh, all that's left for us to do now really is, uh, is thank once again, our Patreon Backers, Reverend Bruce, Julene, Andrew Ashevsky. Thanks for picking this film, buddy. Thank you very much. I really appreciate having a chance to watch it. Lena Oberholzer, Ian Davies, and Chris Peterson, or is it Pedersen? Let me know. <laughs> and hopefully you like Liam's pick next week, or not. The, the conversation is the fun thing. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially if you dislike something Liam likes. That's always it's a fun always conversation. <laughs> but we are here next to talk about Rebel Without a Cause. And we're just jumping in here because uh, while we were recording, we actually had a seventh person hit the page, get in the Patreon pool. Whoop, whoop. The water's fine. Why not jump in? Who was it who uh, who hit the water here on on while, while we were literally recording? It was while we were recording. It's Randall Silva. Randall Silva. So thank you very much uh, for for being our our seventh member of of the Patreon. It really is fantastic and humbling, and all those adjectives that you want to say absolutely so thank you for helping us do what it is that we want to do uh, sorry you just had the two of us to listen to but next week uh this is actually good we further mentioned this next week we'll be doing the thank you messages with the four of us proper it didn't it didn't feel right to record it with just the two of us here today so you will receive your proper things starting shortly after next sunday so i would imagine a week from now if this comes out on the tuesday and you're listening to this you should release, have them by then well, no, no. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, yeah, as in then you'll week. receive it a week after yeah. that. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're hoping for. So uh, that's about it. So uh, thank you very much, Randall Silva, number seven in the pool. And uh, we'll turn you to your regularly scheduled broadcast. Uh, please join us next week when we tackle Rebel Without a Cause for Best Film Ever. Uh, and I've been Georgia. And I'll tell you what, if you liked it or if you didn't like it, at least everyone was respectful, because otherwise, to steal a line from this film, I'd have to cuss you out. <laughs> we'll catch you on the flippity flop. The flippity flip flop. BFE Patreon link is now live. We kept, I've come, Patreon is now live. Patreon.com slash BFE brackets. We kept it simple. <laughs> Tweet. All right. Let's see. Uh, see what happens. <laughs> see right what happens right away if we're just recording. Uh, staring at a screen doesn't change. I've just got the dashboard open. It's like zero total patrons. <laughs> zero pounds per month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, such is. So this could be a uh, a quick thing. This could be a... A slightly longer thing. We shall see. We shall see. So. Ah. 
who will be first in the pool? If if no one signs up, we're going to think of a movie to watch. This audio will just go nowhere. It's fine. Oh, well, yeah. I know. I'm just, I'm just actually trying to think of uh, <laughs> what to talk about in the meantime, if anybody hops in or not. Should probably make a post. Oh, one patron. Wait, shut up. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Who is first in the pool? Someone at the uh, friend tier. Let me find them. I'm going to guess. We got is what I'm going to guess. Is oh, and another one. Oh my goodness! What? Oh my god! Phantom twenty three was the first one. Whoever Phantom twenty three is, there's a chance Phantom twenty three is Alex Shevsky. Could be Phantom twenty three. Phantom, yeah. Do you not get access to who they are? Uh, if that's what their name on Patreon is. That's okay, so we're gonna have to get a photo of Phantom twenty three and say. Uh, you are first in the pool. And we had one very quickly, Malou7 at the dollar tier. Pound tier. Malou7 at the pound tier. Yep. Wow, we're going to have to do some recordings, and I suppose. one, Ian Davies at pounds. Wow! <laughs> wow, 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 wow. We're going to have to do some thank you messages this afternoon. some thank you messages. Well, I think we should wait till tomorrow when everybody's here. Ah, yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense. That would make sense. But they'll have this live recording of us going, no one's going to sign up. And then all of a sudden, ping, 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 went the trolley. Ding, 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 went the bell. That's amazing. That is amazing. Um, I think it's important to say, like, we held off on this for a while. Yeah. Because we had thought on some level, maybe, what was it? We thought maybe September we didn't think, we thought the one year anniversary one might be time to launch. That was the earliest yeah. I remember talking about it. So that would have been March 2021. And then we thought maybe September 2021 would be the right time to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we ended up going with, uh, with January 1st, 2022. Because at that point, we're almost two full years in. I think people yeah. hopefully know what, what, what they're getting out of us. I think so. And then if they want to support by being a friend of the podcast... Or a best friend of the podcast. Or a BFF of the podcast. A BFF of the BFE. BFF of the BFE. I think we should change the title now. Um, <laughs> you know, we got a friend, we got official friend of the podcast now. Yeah. Yeah. We've got two official friends get, and one official best we friend. We get friend of the podcast and do like that stamp that says official. That's so cool. That would be cool. Yeah. Uh, might have to be what the Patreon six month t-shirt is. It could be that. Yeah. 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 So um, that's really quite, quite remarkable um, and humbling. So how it do you is. find out? Does it does it does it like ping you like like a like a push me. notification? Yeah, or? so I've got the app um, and it pings me a notification for that, and it also sends me an email. That is remarkable. It's very cool. It is very cool. A massive thank you to our three patrons.